true believers to another exciting episode of the Not Funny Guys Presents Off the Reels, the internet's number one podcast on public library recommendations on sitcoms and what is and isn't government property. It's a little bit of a gray area, actually. You should actually find it. There's a really good book in your public library on row, um, I think it's 15, section A, um, 32. You'll find it. What is and what isn't public library? Uh, what is it? What is and isn't government property? Look it up. It's pretty cool. Anyway, this is episode 78. And today we're excited to talk to you, the listeners, about the start of the fourth phase of the MCU. That's four phases. It comes after three and before five. And today we're going to start with WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's the beginning of the Disney streaming era. So with that, let's get on with the show. We are your favorite ne'er-do-wells, the Not Funny Guys. I'm your host, Casey Danny Keach Franklin, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, the other members of the Not Funny Guys, Dr. John Danny Rand Evans, and Eric, I'm a nonconformist line barger. And with that all out of the way, we'd like to remind you that if it doesn't say Not Funny Guys, it's probably because we forgot to put the label on it. So just give us a, like an hour or two and we'll put it on there and you'll be all good. All right. So anyway, let's get on with the show. Gentlemen, say hello. Hello. I don't know. I think I assimilate. Resistance is futile. All right. Well, I just you work for a you corporation be... where that makes a lot of sense. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I just okay. you know, thought you wouldn't want to be lumped Coming in with in the Danny's, but <laughs> that's fine. I... I think actually one of my uh when when I had a Spanish name in like sixth grade you know, Spanish, wow. I think I was like Danielle or something, like Dan like whatever Dan Daniello or I don't know whatever it was Daniela. No, I don't oh, know. Probably I almost gave you a name. I forget Daniela. now. You would think I would remember. Like I started the story as if like I knew where I was going, but no. I almost I, called I, you Danny amazing Boone how often that happens with you. <laughs> it's you amazing how many Danny. times Eric Eric starts a story and he has no idea where he's going and he forgets. I just like to talk. <laughs> I always, I always know where I'm going. I just get lost all the way there. Likely excuse. You know, I was so. It's about I, the journey, not the destination. <laughs> to tell you about how fucked up Boston traffic is, I went to. We were going to daycare today. And normally, from daycare to the house, on a bad day, is a ten minute drive. A bad day. Mm. Usually, we can get home around eight minutes ish. It's not that far. It took us 55 minutes to get home. We started to go down the road and we get to a roundabout. And as we're getting there, a cop blocks it because something happened. We have no idea what. And we had to reroute Thanks, all the way back around. I know. Hey, hey <laughs> having visited you, I'm amazed that, that whatever you were at was actually a real roundabout or something that they just call a roundabout. I have it's a with it. it's a real roundabout. It's just most people here in Massachusetts, all these mass holes, like to do the French way of doing a roundabout, where you get in the middle of it, and right as people are where you should keep going, they just stop so the next people can get on, and it just beca- creates a problem. Eric, if you don't understand, just watch Grand Tour. They will walk you through the French way of doing a roundabout. <laughs> yes. But, I thought the French way of doing a roundabout was... Oh, oh, Just parking. (laughs) No, no, they don't call that a roundabout. In America, we call it something else. If you want to know that, look up Pornhub. In France, they call that a traffic circle. (laughs) (laughs) 
Rashad, what was it? Remember when um they got the the um uh, the roundabout in Alexandria, and like oh, they got people, rid of like, that. But what was it? What did, was it called? Because we didn't call it a roundabout. I don't, I don't remember what it was named anymore. I just remember they finally eventually just got rid of it. I was like, yeah. Louisiana it was had a, a large dumb name. It was it was it. a massive roundabout though too. It was like had a whole forested area in the middle. You could was it like a roundabout with like an E U X at the end or something like that. You could put the Arc de Triomphe <laughs> in the middle of it. It's like the size of the to. one from um, European Vacation. I mean, it was massive, and people would freak the fuck out on it yeah because they wouldn't understand how to get on and off those are like the common off ramps for uh i-95 in massachusetts i know i'm used to those yeah it was it was a little bit new like woburn where i lived for a little while there's one that i really hate that's like teeny tiny but but then you get used to it and you like you kind of like zip out of the corner like you know you hit it just right you hit it just right and you zip right out and just like hitting <laughs> it just right i would like to Hit it just right and bring back something fun from the what? past. A skinkling! Ah! Oh, we have a breaking news. The WGA has finally come to an agreement with the AMPTA. Which means we have news AMPTA. again. <laughs> we do! We can talk about news again! The writer's strike is over. Actors, though, are still on strike. So are don't they, ask thought, me to I act out were... your stuff. They were coming oh, to no. a close too. Oh. No, not yet. Oh. Not yet. You need to turn them. down the melodrama then. Let's go. Wah, wah. All right. Yeah. And, and, was, and there was much rejoicing. <laughs> there was much rejoicing. SAG <laughs> is starting up a new one, a new strike on um, video game companies. It's oh. like doing acting for video games. So that will be a new strike coming up. But Nolan North? Is that who I'm thinking of? Nolan North would be one of those. Yeah. But the writer's strike has um, ended. Uh, they went back to work. I I think it was Wednesday at 12.01 a.m. They were um, allowed to go back to start writing. All the details aren't 100% in, but there is some details. Um, like the studio can't force someone to use AI to write a script. Mm -hmm. And if the script is written by AI and they give it... So like they say the screenwriter, the, the studio, AI is a script. And then they pass it along to someone they want to rewrite it. They can't just give it to them and go, "Hey, we got this written script. They rewrite this, please." Okay, that's what. They, yeah, they compromise by making, leaving open the choices without banning it. Right, but they have to. They have to admit that it's AI written. They can't just hide the fact. That's so good. If, yeah, that's a good one. And then, um, the third, the third. There's another. There's a third piece to it, but it's all about like you can't hide it they also get more um residuals now for streaming and they have to let the writers at the very least know what the streaming numbers are so if you hit a new a certain threshold within a certain time then you can get a pay bump and it's pretty nice pay bump so that's good We'll see what some of the other stuff is. It'll probably and be another week or two. Before did we you mention the studios must disclose to writers if any materials given to them have been generated by AI? Yes, that's the that's what I was I mentioned. That was the second piece of it. Yeah. Okay. Did you pull up what the yeah? The stuff let's that see. We know? The WJ reserves the right to assert that exploitation of writers' material to train AI mm -hmm. is prohibited by the agreement. So they can't even use already written works. Like they can't go back and use Seinfeld to right. train an AI to write more Seinfeld. Right, which becomes a problem because mm -hmm. AI won't necessarily know that. But yeah, hmm. and yeah. and a writer can choose to use AI to write their script, but the yes. the studio can't require them to. 
Yeah, the studio cannot make you. So I can can't rewrite and... literary material either. I bet. Even, I wonder if that even applies to public domain. It should count to public domain because that would still be so, right? harming the writers. That's probably why it says literary versus copyrighted or something like that. Do you have the number in front of you of what they get, the percentage they get now? No, I don't have that. All right. I know there there is a, it's a pretty nice pay bump. Um, And it's, like I said, it's based on, uh, it's a certain window and how much, how many viewers in that window and it can get you a pretty nice pay bump. Mm. Um, So it was pretty cool. And like, nice. I, I want to say I saw one, the numbers was like a writer of a single episode could get an easy $9,000 pay bump for it so i mean it's a pretty nice little chunk of change nice for us i mean we're poor um a writer i mean writers are poor too but some writers make enough if you're yeah but you're talking la nine thousand dollars right you get rid of 50 percent of that towards tax. that's a coffee that's a coffee i know right well because 50 percent right away goes away for either taxes and or agent fees right and stuff like that it'd be both yeah both well well, yeah obviously yeah um but then so the 50% or per, or possibly less than 50% that you have remaining of that 5000 the 4500 let's say at that point now just is basically two months rent in like a place like LA right and that's probably two months rent in a very shared apartment yeah. <laughs> you know? but uh, keep in mind that or would New be New York that, oh that's the worse. low end, that's the low end for an episode if you sure. wrote for multiple episodes sure. obviously yeah, yeah. Gonna, I mean well if you're writing for multiple episodes there you, you have better success obviously yeah let's just say Mike Flanagan is going to be doing very well with like the fall of the house of Usher <laughs> when that uh when that happens so yeah it's pretty cool uh Ooh, pretty cool news so, but Eric since would you like to would you like to be a writer would you like to try to write something and not be a scab now? Um, yes. Good, because if I got the <laughs> thing for you, Marvel Studios will begin accepting writer pitches for X-Men. So Ooh. if you got an idea and you're a writer in the WGA, um, you can Problem try to, the WGA. You could try to pitch your thing. I'm sure they'll probably do like one or two who's not in there if a good enough script can make it like um, a first time script. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna have to have be. I mean, you have to be really strong. But they're accepting. Um, they're accepting pitches, which is pretty cool. I like that they're doing this and they're being open about accepting pitches, which means they actually want people to try for this. Right. So the odds of us getting a decent X Men movie. Um, it's pretty cool. Pretty oh. good odds. So I don't, I don't yeah, that's it. what they all say until they get tries to get it made. Yeah, I would like to point out, John, exhibit A Guardians of the Galaxy. There's no way this movie could be good. And then it was. I'm it was not so, I'm uh, not comparing it. I am yeah. simply but talking about the previous track record. Yeah. But they're well, that was that was also Fox, but they're not yeah. they're not um rushing. So that's the cool thing, is they want to take their time um and make sure that it's done right so what what do you think this means if they're looking for like pitches from outside the feige verse so to speak what does that mean for the feige verse what does that mean for feige's direction oh feige will nothing well feige will be the one who'll be accepting the pitches and then he will take said it's about bringing in fresh talent fresh blood mixing it up which is what they need to do anyway yeah so so they always need to be innovating they don't need to just keep turning to the same old people every time if this is going to be a truly successful enterprise across the board, you've got to be looking for new faces and new names to bring in to continually bring new life to these things. If this is going to be, though, like a pitch, do we think that that means there's a potential that X-Men may start as like 
a TV show or like a multi-episode special at the very least. You know, well, no, because they like do say they want it to be a they do say they want it to be a movie. So okay. it'll still be a movie, but it may not be any maybe of the X Men you're double? used to. Part one, part two. It could be, but it could be X Men you never heard of. It could be all like the randomness, like D characters that they're like, we can make this work and do something cool. So it's cool, but then, like I said, Feige will be the one who'll be accepting the pitches. Yeah. So no matter what, if Feige goes, I love your pitch for Days of Future Past. However, you didn't put Wolverine in it. You're gonna put Wolverine in it, and you're gonna tie it to this. He will step in and make it fit mm-hmm. because again, this is just the pitch. That's fair. They'll tweak it after. So it's pretty cool, and it's it's good timing, and just like good timing, mm-hmm. the Marvels has been confirmed to be the shortest movie of the mcu it will be one hour and 45 minutes wow well done a short ass movie a short ass movie a short ass movie and hopefully it's a short ass tight movie because i want it to be i want it to be tight i want the story to be like it starts and it just rolls with it and it's just done and you're like oh my god that was that moves so fast there was it also makes me do that they need to pick up that pace they need to revigorate the speed a little bit Agreed. I also You're right. think it, that... it needs to be tightened up. It needs to be a tight, good, a tight ass movie, fun film. Let's not get sexist. Okay? I wasn't getting sexist. I I'm think... talking about Nick Fury. I want his. Hey, ass can we to talk be about tight. how old Carol Danvers is? Since no, that's I'd been be... making the rounds. Yeah, but that's yeah. Everyone I mean, knew honestly, she was I'm, old. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I am. I am flabbergasted that people hadn't figured that out already. If they had thought about the timeline accurately. Like it actually made me think about it and realize that very likely, if she was twenty five when she was kidnapped by the Cree, by I'm sorry, by the Cree in about nineteen eighty nine, mm-hmm. in Endgame, which is what twenty twenty four, she's fifty. I'm sorry, sixty. She's sixty. Then, right then, at that moment, and that's if I'm ballparking her at twenty five. I actually sat down and did the math because I was actually really fascinated by. It. I was like, hold on. Uh, yeah, yeah. And since MCU is all operating in the future now, you know, we're still living in a time right now where Endgame hasn't happened. That explains where my cat went. So if I just <laughs> wait a couple more years, my cat yeah. will just magically reappear. Blips right back, yeah. Oh. We were well, just like it, it happened during COVID. We were all asleep and it just... Well, just like blipping right back, Something else that's blipping right back, back into your living rooms, is the Toxic Avenger, Troma's own film series. Except for this time, Troma's not doing it. It's, it's legendary. Famous, really. Um, I say I think Buckaroo Banzai is a Troma one. I think. Yeah, but I would say that would be their most famous. Uh, okay, we'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll research. However, um, Legendary is doing this one, and it's a full on adventure and it's going to be um, Peter Dinklage as Toxie yes. and it's going to be um, Kevin Bacon in a role I don't know what is and I cannot wait to find out Peter um, Dinklage in the role of Toxie puts a different puts a whole nother spin rather on the be- the bullying aspect that was from the original film at least yeah if here's the continues. the one photo of Peter that's been released um, so I assume this is what he's wearing right before the accident happens and he turns into Toxie. And um, but I wanted to show ah, here it is. This is um there's Elijah Wood's character. 
don't know. Those of you who can't what? see this because it's in YouTube, look it up. You'll find it. I don't, well, Elijah's not like... in you, on the video, so you have to um, look up a photo of it. But it's uh, it's it's just special. I don't understand what I'm looking at, but I want to know. Oh, here's the photo of uh, Kevin Bacon. So I wonder. He, if he looks creates... like he belongs in one of the like goth kids groups from uh from South Park. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, Pete, this Peter Dinklage is going to play this character, Toxie, and it's going to be classy. Um, Peter Dinklage is actually the only reason I'm willing to watch this movie. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Does this mean I see a special coming on? Just oh, we could do a special. I wouldn't be opposed to it. But do we watch the first one? Do we watch the original? Eric? That's the special I'm talking about. We'll get oh, to it. We'll, get, we'll talk. Green room. Talk. All right, let's talk. Let's uh, let's uh, work this. Iron it out, as the kids say these days. That, my friends, is um, that's the news that is fit to be read off of the internet. That's right. Oh, what is this? Is this some late breaking news? Hold on, real quick. Let me. Oh, oh that's a uh, error server not found. Ah. It's a picture of something with a uh, ghostwriter. And I was like, oh, did they finally? Oh, I, there was one more thing. I'm very sorry. I did forget um, two seconds. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is. James Gunn has clarified what will and will not be canon mm, with the right. new DC universe. Also, they're going to be using the stu- um, the studios where they filmed Harry Potter, the sound stages. They're going to be using those in London for all DC stuff going forward, which is kind of cool. Nope. But um, James Gunn has clarified that anything that we have seen to date in the DC universe is not canon to the new stuff so none of it's canon not blue beetle not suicide squad not peacemaker none of it's canon the first thing that will be canon will be creature commandos and then the second thing that'll be canon will be superman legacy after that things will start to be canon and there will be some actors who will be playing the same characters so we know that john cena will be still playing peacemaker the guy who plays vigilante will be playing vigilante and I don't remember who the other ones were, but there's a couple Peacemaker of Peacemaker was such a great show. Does this mean that, like, that whole first season, I mean, obviously it means it's wiped right at this point, I assume? Yes, it would be wiped. It wouldn't. Uh... Hmm. Well, oh, that be... means they're going to try to reset the story, because, like, I thought it was doing really well where it was at already. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what they, how they do it, too. Um, Viola Davis, or Viola Davis will also, will be returning as Amanda Waller, and I'm really sorry, Blue Beetle. I don't know how to pronounce it. Your, your first name i'm really sorry but he the kid who plays blue beetle will be playing blue beetle again so he will return oh, so good. there's any, some things any that word we'll on margot robbie's uh no no word on margot robbie's about exactly yeah no no Did word you on not margot, see the wall but... of harley's behind me <laughs> i do but i was we trying can, to ignore... no one else can just us i was just trying to ignore how you somehow when you were having your lunch today you managed to get some of the mayo on them it's it's very confusing, Jesus, but Casey, you know, Jesus. No, he's not here right now, and I don't have the light on it behind me. It's a family show, not All a right. make a family show. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a difference? Is there a difference? All <laughs> right, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> With all of that out of the way, that was us <laughs> geekly for the week of uh, September 29th. Um, we are recording a couple of days early just because of some conflicts we have, just so you know. So if any news breaks over the weekend between when you actually get this, don't blame us. 
blame the internet. Well, you can blame me. It's my fault. I'm. I'm. I. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. But you're not there a problem. It's okay. <laughs> you're not a problem. I told you, it's all just good. An anti-hero. It's all good. All good. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about some uh, some stuff that uh, we watch, shall we? <laughs> Just comes up to the Britney Spears knife video. Jesus, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about. We're not talking about. Let's get to the shows. (laughs) We're not talking about Michael Myers because it is spooky season, ladies and gentlemen. Salem is in full effect right now. Not even October yet. Two days. Two days. Do you you know they now start doing all the Halloween stuff in Salem mid September to try to get the crowds to spread out some. Yeah, they so, they're psychopaths. They're they're capitalist <laughs> psychopaths. That's why we don't have to believe it. It's in your heart, Casey. Halloween it's, is in your heart. It is spooky season. We started it off right tonight. We watched Muppets Haunted Mansion. Like we're oh, weird. that is a good one. That is. Let me help us way. all out here by segueing the fact that we real spooky season begins with a coven in Salem, Massachusetts, that happened sometime during our TV show WandaVision. Oh damn, that actually that actually tracks that because it does open up with like a Salem shot. Doesn't well, it? not until like episode. No, it does not start off with a Salem eight. shot. And I'm in I Salem, know. and I can tell you that Agatha Harkness did not exist in in <laughs> Salem, Massachusetts. But it is connected to the show we're leading off with. We're leading off. With, no, we're not leading off with the show. We're here to continue discussing the Zack Snyder verse. Okay, I'm going to stop. Just Gunn. don't before I murder you. <laughs> you're not going right, to murder folks. me. It's a long drive. Me. Careful, everyone. It's a long Just drive. Just like Sabine Wren, I'm practicing. That's fine. You can practice. All right. So let's. Um, John wants to get through the cast of the show, and this is a long cast. So, um, you know, I like to read them. So let's start talking about WandaVision, shall we? It is directed by Matt Sherman. Interesting fact. One of the things Disney did with this, um, they decided that they wanted one director to direct the whole show. Hmm. Whereas normally you would have a director who'd come in, do one episode, maybe two or three, and then move on. Disney's like, we want one. We want it to be very consistent. Um, so they, they want to treat uh, like an extended show. movie. That's what they're doing. And that's what WandaVision that... is, if you really think about it. It's an extra long extended extended movie. I don't, I, don't movie, is, I don't know that I agree with that. I don't know that I agree with that. To some degree, but it is. it's still I'm not saying no. but it's still a TV show. And when yeah, you start to do yeah, the breakdown how it is, it's really hard for a director to do this because of the way no, they I have bet. to. He, they had to work to their ass it. off. That's what they yeah. had to do. They break this streak after I think the I think after Loki, they stopped doing it. Because I they, yeah, because they the end up running into problems. Bust, those directors were busting their tail. They were. Um it is the so when I say the writers, because I could list all the writers, but that would take me a while and figuring them out specifically is a little harder. Um, Jack Schaefer um and staff um wrote the show. Jack Schaefer is the head writer. Um music, they got Christoph Beck to come back, which is why a lot of the sounds are familiar, and Alex Kovacs. And then um, sit down, Eric. Pull yourself out um, a beer, because here we go. The cast of the show: Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda, mm-hmm. returning; Paul Bettany returning as Vision; Catherine Hahn playing Agnes or Agatha Harkness; um, Tayona Te- Harris. I can't. I, I know I mispronounced Agnes. her name. Um, huh? What? 
What? He says, never mind. Keep going, Casey. He's referring to something you already said. Oh, well, Agnes. I said Agnes. Anyway, um, Taona Harris as Monica Rambo and Agatha. Yes, Agnes and Agatha. Uh, Josh Stamberg as Hayward. Randall Park returning as Jimmy Woo. Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis. Julian Willard as Billy Maximoff. Jet Klein as Tommy Maximoff. Deborah Jo Rupp as Mrs. Hart. You might know Je- Deborah Jo Rupp from that 70s show or mm-hmm. that 90s show. Evan yeah. Peters yeah. as Ralph Boner. That's right, <laughs> Ralph Boner. Which, so the Boner thing, this is an interesting one. Matt Chapman, as a child, was in a bunch of sitcoms. That was one of the reasons he got the show because he knew the sitcom life. He was on. The um, now I can't think of this uh, perfect. No, not perfect. Uh, family ties. Fam- what? Family whatever ties. the one that um. Is, no, Keaton? it's not family ties. No, it's not family ties. It's the one with, no, it's the one with um Kirk Cameron. That's the one where Boner is. Oh. Um, it's a nod to Chrissy Seaver. Um, the yeah, the, the Seaver family. Yeah, the Seaver family. Um, the Ralph Boner was a nod to to mm-hmm. Boner from that show. <laughs> Um, Emma Cofield Ford um, from Buffy as Dottie and a whole bunch of extras and stuff. Um, so I know John is um, sharpening a knife, so he won't growing let me pains. continue. Growing pains, what you're thank, thinking of. Thank you, growing pains. <laughs> also, that show had Leonardo DiCaprio in it. That was his that. big break in. That was, that was. Um, then eating Gilbert grapes, I do believe. So, Eric, just for you, because I know you love some stuff. So here is what um, Vision, White Vision, looks like in the comics. Yeah, yeah so I definitely want to break know, down of who he is. If you don't know, it's just folks, Vision. White Vision is Vision. Wow. Wow. There was Wait. a time when he did look like that white yeah. incarnation, you know, the white it was kind of, he was a He was a ghost. It was just, he changed up his look. New writers, new, new stuff, differentiate. He lost his memories. He had to get them replaced. Yeah. Um, Agatha, Agatha Harkness. That's what Agatha Harkness looks like, Eric. Uh, I mm. think they were spot on, and um, that looks exactly like Catherine Hahn, or at least it will when she's like 110. If yeah, only replace the cat with a bunny. Yeah. Yeah. If only they could have cast if she had still been alive, B. Arthur. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, come on! <laughs> or you know, Stel- if she had been alive, that's who they would have gone. Li- for. That the comic book one you're showing us right now looks like B. Arthur. It does. <laughs> it does. Could you imagine if it was Estelle Getty, or if they had been like, we're getting Betty White? Actually, Betty White would have been really good. Uh, you could get away the- with Angela Lansbury. You yeah, could. Too. That would have been a good one too. But Betty White, because of Catherine Hahn's um, humor, actually could have worked really well if you yes. wanted to do an older oh. one. Who's the woman from um, Downton Abbey who always had the great quips on Downton Abbey? Are you talking about McGonagall? Professor McGonagall? Maggie Smith? Yeah. Maybe. So I, I would like I to... Uh, pull it off. Um, since you bring up Maggie Smith and Maggie Harry Smith Potter, would have the, the comic chaps, too. Well, um, not, like B. Arthur, obviously, would have, too. Since you bring up um, Harry Potter and Maggie Smith, I would like to quickly send out a little nod that I forgot. Uh, Michael Gambon um, passed away. Oh, um, uh, I think yesterday uh, or day before. It was the twenty, uh, the twenty seventh. Um, and for those of you who don't know who that is, he was the second Professor Dumbledore. Um, second because the original Professor Dumbledore sadly passed away in between movies. 
Yeah. So we've um, lost two Dumbledores, and there was a fitting little tribute at the parks um, where people came out there and raised the wand um, for Michael. Like when Gannon. Dumbledore died, and yeah, that was, so that there's was the nice. yeah, there's the shot um, for you guys watching the video. Um, you can look the it shot up, folks, online. Yeah, yeah. Good. So anyway, so, um, since you mentioned it, and I forgot to add that to the news earlier. Um, so back to this Agatha Harkness, and then um, so Monica Rambo. Let me just show you what she, this is. Monica Rambo from the comics. Um, little bit of a different outfit than she's wearing there. Maybe this is something we're going to see a, okay, soon. She, remember, she doesn't have a costume in this show. You're right. She, will, she technically is, is the jumpsuit, which doesn't no, look too far off that. She technically does have uh, multiple costumes. Once she goes into oh, yes, the Wandaverse, everything she wears in the TV show is a costume. Get, um, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're but this about costume is, is in superhero underwear. She wears that at the end of the movie. Um, but not this one. This is not what she wears. Uh, but this is what we will see in the future. So that is Monica. And then we've got two other characters. We've got Tommy Maximoff right there. Okay. And we've got Billy Maximoff. They're Wicked. children. He dresses, like that. he dresses like that character he by does. the time we get later in the episodes. Basically yeah. male twin versions of what Wanda and, uh, and Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah. Quicksilver were. Yeah. So don't worry about Vision. We don't need Dad's jeans. Yep. He doesn't and have there. Well, he is. <laughs> I mean, arguably, he have any? Yeah, nothing happened there. Like <laughs> when a robot loves a woman, doesn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> well, when a robot loves a woman, loves they a synthesize woman. a child, and it just appears using magic. She puts and in machinery. the batteries. Yeah, that's what I say. When a robot exactly. loves a woman, it's because there's a remote involved. <laughs> <laughs> it makes the funniest sound in your suitcase when you're going through security. Those videos are no longer allowed in Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I would like to point out, this is uh, oh, one of the geez. longer shows of this. <laughs> there, It's nine episodes. So speaking it's, of battery-operated longer, was it uh, the nine longest? episodes. Is, that, is oh. it not the longest? No, because I think She-Hulk ties it. Okay. I, I think It she was Hulk the ties. longest for a long time. I mean, it's nine mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah, nine episodes. I think She-Hulk ties it. Yeah, the next um, two we'll get to are, are six, I believe. Yep. So um, here we go. So I'm going to um, just quickly read off the titles of the episodes and then we can discuss the episodes. So okay. um, episode one is filmed before a live studio audience, which it actually was filmed before a live studio audience nice. um, oh. set in the 50s, um, 50s sitcoms. Episode two, don't touch that dial 60s style sitcom. Yeah. Um, episode which really three... to me, the episode one was. Um, the Dick Van Dyke show, even though I think it's that's Leave the Beaver 61. meets Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. yeah. Well, but the problem, so episode two has a little bit more Dick Van Dyke's ish. I disagree. Of the episode beds. two is pure bewitched. Let's read the it's, episodes and then we can debate. Well, it's above. It also has like the Dick Van Dyke beds, though. They're, they're mixing a lot. Episode yes. three is now in color. So that's basically the 70s. Um, episode four. Four is called We Interrupt This Program. And, and this is actually, where we leave the TV show. This is where yep, we leave. Yep. Doesn't have a time period. Um, episode five on a very special episode. That's basically the 80s. 80s. Um, also on a very special episode was all them 80s PSAs that they used to yes. do back in the day. Episode six, all new Halloween spooktacular 90s themed episode. Episode seven, breaking the fourth wall, a two thousands episode sitcom. 
episode um, 30, sorry, episode eight previously on, which is the wonderful flashback episode that everyone loves. Episode nine, the series finale. And if you can't imagine what that is, well, it's the series finale. I appreciate that they did this. Another quick little thing about these episode titles that I like that Disney does, they don't give you the episode title until you watch it. So up, up, like when you click on the episode, it'll just say episode one, episode two. Then when you watch it, you'll see title. And then the next day, um, usually 24 hours later, they start putting in the episode title. So you can't get something spoiled if you want to watch it fresh the first day. I don't think I realized that. Let's yep. let's take a look at episode it's one. Pretty cool. I want to mention the fact that these are my notes right off the bat. I had to leave it to Bieber was my main focus here, but I cut. It's obviously in 1950s. There's lots of tropes, oddball. There's the nosy neighbor trope. There's the girl talk where they do nothing but talk about the men, and there's this typical trope where there's a lot of vagueness around what's Vision's job, and of course there is the classic misunderstanding hijinks about what the heart on the calendar means thing which is kind of like just a classic little trope that, my you know, my first take on the show is that while they went black and white that like yes, oh they're they're differentiating themselves from everything we've seen in the mcu today well, no, really wanda is committed to the bit yeah well wanda's committed but the show is committed just to the fact sure. that like it starts off like you haven't seen anything like this before Mm-hmm. and we're doing also they did when this aired they gave us the first two episodes up front yeah um which was one nice which thing. is good because those are the two black and white episodes yeah in a lot of ways so that kind of works yeah and then, um they've got theme songs and i, I love the mm-hmm. theme songs that they um, the theme songs are always a play on what's going on and they mimic the kind of theme so jingle you would have gotten for the time frame. So yeah. like watching this show to me is like a like a time capsule of Americana TV, which when we get to the end, we find out just how relevant that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Eric, to me, a lot of this one, so it it has like the Dick Van Dyke, uh, back to the Dick Van Dyke um, stuff. Um, has a Dick Van Dyke second beginning. Episode, I get it. No, I think that so I think the Dick Van Dyke one is more of the second episode. This one to me re- screams more bewitched a little bit because of all of the wire tricks that they use. They use the same type of tricks for the floating um, stuff in the kitchen when she's mm-hmm. trying to do it. Um, also, so, there is a definitely a definitely a quote unquote magical conclusion. Yeah, to the episode because it goes into what I like. To, I noted is kind of like a murder mystery horror when the boss starts choking. It enters well, the, a realm where it almost looks like a Hitchcock film. Like we get well, real, like the lighting gets dark. We're lit up on the people's faces. We don't know what's happening. Everything's about to break character. And it's like, we're stuck in a loop for a moment there. And visions like Wanda do something. Wanda's like hesitating. And then all of a sudden, it's magically well, fixed. But we also, with the, the going on with the magic, like the whole, like when he's doing yakety yak to cover Yes. From them looking through the window and seeing everything floating. Um, it's just, it's like that old school. I'm, I'm more feel talking about of, the, I, I know, I'm, about, I'm talking about the way it ends where it spins you a bit of a dark, it casts a dark pall on what's going on at the end as a sort of foreshadowing that well, just lets you know right. that, you know, say, just let right. you know something's not right. But it gets to that beforehand because when Agnes first enters earlier in the episode, mm-hmm. um, something's off with her. The whole time and she's well, she I does mention ralph from the beginning which i was tracking this time now that this uh, like the second time watching um the see does she actually mention ralph a lot um but she 
she starts, she kind of like, you could tell something's off with her, but where it really starts to get like, something's really off for me. Isn't necessarily the choking scene. I mean, that's definitely weird. It's actually the commercial because oh, yeah. the commercial is the only time you see color in this whole episode. Mm. Oh, by because the way, the toaster you... blinks. Yeah. The po- toaster blinks like a bomb. Right. But it looks like the Jetsons made head. Yeah. And, but and it's a stark toaster. Yeah, I know. I like that. That's um, a, that's a, that's a nod about what you will find out more too. It's a foreshadow, yeah. but it, I like that they break it with the color. Like that's the one thing you see color. And the whole thing is like the red flashing. And then it comes out of the commercial break. And then that's when we start to get to the whole choking when everything like yes. breezes and, course, and like gets into our, almost a weird time loopy type thing of her just like, stop it, stop it. Yeah, and it's the, her the, wife, the, of, wife, the boss's wife is stuck in a loop. Yeah, it's and like then, her almost breaking out of the spell and try like telling Wanda, you have to stop this, stop this, not the, the Well, that's choking, the way the repetition, stop. the repetition has like a weird <clears throat> element to it where it's like, is she, is she talking to her husband? Is she talking to Wanda? Is she talking to herself? And the repetition leads you down many lanes where you can interpret it as, you know, it starts as one thing and then it actually becomes something else about who she's speaking to. Mm-hmm. And I like how that the episode ends by we cut out to an someone's watching the show. Yeah. You know, but who's that's watching when we it? start. I mean, we yeah, but don't we know. don't know that. We won't find that out to episode four. Yeah. You know. Eric, what do you what do you think on this first one? Like how did it start off like setting the tone for you? I well, I think it's I think it's brilliant. I think I will one thing I love about this show, and it'll play on throughout all the episodes, is how much of an homage they pay to TV. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that, very good. They go through the decades from the 50s on, and I think that that's why I disagree that this is bewitched in any way. To me, this is more like I Love Lucy or something like that even, which I Love Lucy also used the window gag a lot, if you okay, remember. Can I, let, me, let me just put it this way. I think any depiction to try and hard place these as one show or another is kind of against or di- uh, the point. I think they are yeah, all No, but I mean, they even, they they even reference ways kind things. of a... Well, I mean, they all are very much... Wanda's amalgamation, as we come to find out, of all the American sitcoms and television shows she absorbed when as a child. And so when that happens in her brain, we're not going to get a one-to-one, say, allegorical situation. We're going to get a hodgepodge synthesis. So we're going to be able to see that maybe there's something from this television show and that television show and this, maybe there is some Dick Van Dyke and there's definitely a clear Dick Rick Van Dyke reference in the next episode. This one though, well, didn't have a Dick Van Dyke reference because it's when vision almost trips over the Ottoman. Well, yeah. I think it's, I think that is the one. Prob- that's the prob- well, no, I'm, I know that's a Dick Van Dyke, but I was going to go with the, I think the problem is, and I mean, this is definitely a fifties feel show. Um, there's lots of the tropes from the 50 field show. The problem is there wasn't a 50 show that included magic that no. comes around with Bewitched and that throws the time period off. Well, it's on the look, be, but it's a, it's a mix. It's like a, it's, it's a nice, to be. I, it's supposed to be familiar, of, but strange. Yeah. If for us as the audience, I think it's actually to be both familiar is, and strange. It's uncanny. What, what year was actually Dick Van Dyke um, show? I don't remember, but I'm so just saying was. that it's, it's what year? Sixty one. Oh, thank you, sixty one. Yeah, it's meant to be an uncanny. I mean, it's something yeah. that's jumps out at you. It feels familiar, but it's something off about it that continues to draw us in. And I think that knowing that or thinking about it as something that is uncanny, you know, 
I mean, honestly, considering that in most comic book universes, Wanda is a mutant. Yeah. Say this show is uncanny kind of makes me chuckle. Yeah. And because I think one if you had the... wanted to drop mutants into this world, this couldn't could would have been a good way to do it if they'd wanted to. Yeah. I think one of the reasons it feels like so much of an homage to things is because Mac Shankman was in Facts of Life, um, Highway to Heaven, Different Strokes, Night Court, Good well, Morning, Miss He Bliss. has a background in all Yeah, this, he so. was in all of those, those so he's that era that... of understanding. So he's the real world Wanda for us. Yeah. He's the real world Wanda who's creating this show. And But yeah. Wanda is the vehicle through which he is in many ways telling us about some of his own experiences. Yeah. Which I think is what now, most good directors and writers do anyway. Yeah. And so we get, so it ends on the first, we see who's watching. And then when we come into episode two, don't touch that dial. The reason I think to me, and again, this is the whole weirdness of he's blending things together. There's no like one clear thing on it. Well, this the reason, one definitely has a bewitched intro, by the way. This is. Yes, it, it has a, a bewitched intro, but 100%. it also, it also has the, the Dick Van Dyke sleeping in twin bed and the two yeah. beds like they did. That's where it's it like, a pretty common trope in general, though, at that point. I know, but in my mind, this, it always links. I love to, the fact that they talk about unsavory people, and I'm like, you know, when they did that back in the day, that was like code language for racism, Just or saying. for or for homosexuals. That too. I now, mean, one, it's, it's an un, it's a very loaded word. Now, one thing that's fun about this episode is that it starts with off with the whole like creepy vibe, but when she goes out, and she finds the red and yellow helicopter, and it's in mm -hmm. color. Which is such a cool, and we see the this weird emblem on it with the sword in the middle, um, which is course, really cool. We meet Geraldine, who we will know come to know as Monica Rambo, and we meet her while we meet not Dottie, who I labeled as a Nazi. Um, of but course, we, there's the hijinks with Vision showing the gum, and then when the radio breaks things, the radio, the radio breaks through, things, and, it's, but, and it's Jimmy Woo. We hear Woo's voice. We recognize yeah. that voice. He's like trying to reach Wanda. We don't know how or where Who does he is. This to you? Who's doing this yeah. to you? Yeah, yeah. but Dot is when Dottie comes too. But you know? the, before all that, we have we do have this the one we have the moment where Agnes breaks the fourth wall for the first like truly breaks it for the first time when she actually just flat out refers to, but you're the star of the show. Now watching it in the moment, we don't think anything of it, but on this rewatch because we know who Agnes mm -hmm. is. That's a moment of her calling Ooh. out, being like, I am aware of what's going on. I know that you are the she star. She gives herself away even more so in the... Um, well, in further episodes. Every number, episode, episode she gives out more. Yeah, she starts giving yeah. away more of that. But this is where we cut to the commercial uh, for the watch, a Strucker. Yeah. As in a Baron Strucker, he'll make time for you. Now, yeah. I noticed that if you think about this way, looking back on it, the commercials are really cuts to her real life yeah they're all cuts to like her past experience because the the bomb light blinking on the toaster that's the bomb from that almost killed her in pietro yeah. strucker is the one who was experimenting on them that they volunteered for yeah. where they met with the mind stone yeah so yeah no, the, the, i i like that the the commercials one i like that the commercials exist in the show but the commercials are piecing together her life force well, they're they're like, what, the, what do commercials typically do in the flow of a television show they break there's a break in the show to bring you out of the the fictional world back to the real world to sell you something yeah. in this case they take you from the fictional world back to the real world to remind you of something that happened to wanda 
mm-hmm. for real, something that has happened in her past. Rather than sell you something, they're presenting you with fictional things that are, in fact, clues to some element of who she really is. It's like instead of cutting to a reality, we're cutting to um, some essence of her past, maybe. Yeah. And then I love when we come back, they have that really creepy for the children line, by the way. I noted that. They do have the, the for the children. We I don't also see children. Yeah, there's no we never see children until Not it's until, pointed out that there's no children and then we you also see don't a ton see them of children. Until Halloween. We don't really see right, them but it, but Halloween. that's what I'm saying. That's pointed out in the episode yes. before that that there's no children here. And mm-hmm. then the next episode you see a ton of kids. Do you think that means all of those families were just stuck in their home frozen yes, in time? Were. Yeah, because that's there's they the were. line. Dottie says that I just mm-hmm. my children are in their room. I just want them to get out. They're locked. They're all locked inside. And Pietro says this in the Halloween spectacular. He says, so did you let them all out of their rooms? Yeah. He literally says, did you decide to let them out? Because he's there as he is the proxy for Agnes interrogating her, trying to figure out how did you do it? And then, of course, I love the fact that when Vision has gum in his system and it gunks up the works, he is like drunk. Yeah, I I, I really appreciate the, um, the magic scene. I think it's really cool. Um, I like the one it's over and we get back to the house and then and all of like she's not pregnant and she walks into her house and all of a sudden she's pregnant. Um mm-hmm. I think is is cool. And I like when they hear the sound outside and they go and they see the the bee suit come out with the the weird logo from the helicopter on it. And yeah, Wanda's we saw just that like, helicopter earlier, the one that fell in the bush. Right. That's what I'm that's what I was referring to. When we see we see the same logo on it, and I like when Wanda just goes, No. And the episode just rewinds. Yeah, she and it. all of a sudden we're right back to the same right where before the sound mm-hmm. and it plays out differently and she makes they everything go, go into color. She's editing. Yeah. She's in the yeah. editing bay right now. You yeah. know, the beekeeper suit, because that was the man we will come to find out later was sent in by Sword. Yeah. Um, and of course she rewinds. Yeah. And her and Vision sit down, and this is when the whole house goes to color. Mm-hmm. Which go, then goes into now in color, um, and it's a very Brady Bunch, oh yeah, style yeah, opening, but not song sounding. And we learn yeah. that she's, you know, she, this pregnancy is going fast. I mean, it's been twelve hours that she's been pregnant, um, and yeah. she's very far along. Um, and then we start as we go outside. It stays very tightly around the house when Vision's outside and he sees Herb. Something's wrong with Herb, and he's just mm-hmm. cutting through the wall. Yeah. Um. And then next thing you know, like, this is when Vision is starting to like piece it together. He's yeah, starting to you know question. The doctor was things. supposed to leave, but he didn't leave. Yeah, he was he never going leave. to leave. He was never going to yeah. leave. Not for real. Yeah. And um, this is Agatha's out there, um, talking, and it starts to like really get to Vision and like be like, this something's going on. Mm-hmm. Um. And as Vision starts to question things, there's another time jump in it um wanda starting to do more figuring cuts. like cutting and editing well, and also her powers go haywire yeah the pregnancy causes her powers to go out of control and they're having to do all that practice breathing to kind of try and get her because then she sets off everybody's house it's raining inside yeah which um, we cut to a commercial yep for the hydra soak soap yep which is a, a fun name hydra soak soap <laughs> mom needs a break my mom needs a break. Let her go sit in the tub with some Hydra soak soap and her own pocket vision. Yeah. She'll come out I with love, a smile love, on her face. I love the part when there's there's <laughs> obviously there's this Wanda's even using a laugh track 
to sort of change the mood of situations. Well, they've had the last track since episode one. I know, but I mean, specifically, it felt like this time it was like being manipulated um, or it was working against the things that she was saying. It was very like dispossessed. Yeah. Like it didn't Ooh. match up. Like she would say something that was not funny, but yet the laugh track would go off. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I don't like laugh tracks in television shows sometimes. We but get I love how um, Vision's off trying to find the doctor. And at this point, there's noises coming from the baby room, which turns out to be a stork. And Geraldine shows up and Wanda covers her pregnancy with a coat that keeps changing as her powers go haywire. Yes. And then, of course, Wanda is there to help her deliver the bear. I'm sorry, Monica is there to help Wanda deliver the baby. And it turns Uh, out to be twins, which means they don't have to fight over the name anymore. They can use Billy and Tommy. Yep, we get the twins. Um, Geraldine, when after the twins are born, Geraldine um, starts to ask questions and Wanda tells her about Petro. Yes, and remember also Agnes is planting doubts and vision outside. Saying she's not from here, she's what well, she's an outsider. She's trying to manipulate Vision against Monica too, because I think Agnes recognizes her as a threat. Yeah, and of course Wanda then mimics that, and of course Agnes it plays off of that. Yeah, um, I like after the Pet- Pietro thing. Geraldine mentions that wasn't he killed by Ultron? Yeah, which is a is a tell that something's up with Geraldine because she understands the she remembers the real world. Yeah, um, it leaks through Wanda in her subconscious. Her it leaks through through her subconscious, yeah. and then the interrogation. She sees Geraldine's necklace has that same symbol yeah. as the helicopter, which is sword. Yep. Uh, then that's when all of a sudden Vision comes in, and Geraldine's just gone. And yeah, you're just like, like she, where is she? I don't know. She's gone. And then we see from the audience perspective, perspective, Geraldine come flying out of the hex of and landing of the, in the grass. Yeah, and then everyone coming up around, uh, everyone coming up around um, Geraldine to find out what's going on. And, and it's like, oh my god, the military's all over here. Episode four, we interrupt this program, which is very fitting because we are literally interrupting the program, and we lead with Monica returning from the blip only to find out that her mother has been dead for, I think two years, no, three yeah, years. Her mom's two been dead, dead for vanished. three years. But what's more important than her mom being dead. Um, most important thing is this is the first time we as audience members mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. get to see how the blip, what you, when you oh, came back, like you're literally in the exact same place you were. Mm-hmm. Which leads to like Eric's like well um, when we watched the end game like well if you were in a plane well oh, this yeah. show sets up you were literally in the exact same spot you were so Ooh. if you were in a plane yeah. you You're technically dead. would be appearing in the air and falling or what if you were where they then built a wall later <laughs> yeah. where you, you built a wall later a wall. but I also I wonder with the plane I wonder if. The writers were smart enough when they wrote the Bible to be like, if you were in a car and you blipped, you didn't appear where the car was when you blipped. You appear still in the car because you were inside of the Let's be honest. You're hoping that Tony Stark phrased that bring you back thing in his head correctly. Well, no, you would have to hope that um, Bruce Banner phrased it correctly. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, Banner. Yeah. Thank goodness. But, Thank goodness it was him and not not Stark. But uh, yeah, 
But you I do at least get to see. I mean, this, like I said, this is the first time we as an yes. audience get to see what happens. And it's chaotic. I mean, it was chaotic. And, and this traumatic. is the first time in this show we have a prologue yep. for the first time. Yeah, the cold open. Yep. We have a cold open here. And then, of course, we see so, going to short, short, short hair headquarters where we have Director Hayward. Well, and it's we a photo of her mom, and we know her mom's code name now is Photon. Yeah, but that we also mm. get to know that this sets that this show is basically taking place. I mean, we knew it was taking place after Endgame because obviously Real what's close. going on with Wanda, but it's got to be within weeks of Endgame. Days, weeks, because Wanda it has to be at least only, weeks. Wanda's only been in Westview for like a couple days before right. Monica shows up, and that's maybe like two weeks after the blip ended. Because remember, they also have her grounded because of protocols. Right, they have her grounded, but I'm saying I think it's I think it's a minimum three weeks. It's no more Probably. than uh, no more than two months, but it's got to be close to like three weeks. And so because Hayward's of the grounding thing, yeah, Hayward sends her to meet up with an FBI agent looking for a missing person in Westview. That's where we get Agent Wu, who apparently has now mastered the close-up uh, card tricks. Yeah, uh, that he was probably picking up from Scott. Mm-hmm. And the state troopers there don't acknowledge Westview's existence, which they never address. Monica points Not it really. out immediately. Yes, Monica, Monica goes, "Why do we know, but they don't know?" They never address that. I'm assuming it must have been a proximity when events were uh, unleashed. Perhaps yeah. um, we're going to get to see the helicopter from episode two. Monica's going to send it in, drone. and this episode is very good at giving us the other side of the story about the events we've been seeing previously in the other episodes, because we get the drone that we will later see in the bushes as a helicopter once it's been rewritten. Yeah, we see how Monica gets in there. We get the 24 hours later, all of a sudden Darcy comes up, who we're then going to find out that um, Darcy Darcy is now a doctor. Did we think Darcy got blipped or did she she not? She couldn't have gotten blipped because she's, uh, she's a doctor now. Well, she's I think obviously she would have finished to... her PhD, and she's now yeah. Doctor of Darcy Lewis. Yeah, I don't think she got blipped. Um, she comes back; she's the doctor. Um, it, but it sets up that she was the one watching at the end of the show. Yes, um, we do catch that. We find out, and also first we find episode. Out she's there because yep. she discovers it because of the cosmic bi- microwave background radiation. Mm-hmm. She finds that it buried on top of the signal is a television, and she actually they have to go out and get old TVs. Yeah, they can't watch this on modern TVs. Yep, she um we we discovered who the man in the suit was. Agent Franklin. Um, ev- everyone starts watching WandaVision, which is just funny. She Darcy the knows that the yep. hexagons. Darcy also knows that Vision's dead. Um, yes. We get to see, they see Monica on the TV. This is when we learned that that was Wu's voice. We get um, the sword agent crawling through the sewer. They're doing a really good job of everything we've seen. They're filling us, us in. Yeah, up. they're filling us in on what we missed or we, what we didn't see the first time around. We're getting the backfill. Yep. We get the important Mon- um, when Wanda launches Wanda out or uh, Monica. Well, we also Wanda get launches Monica out of the house. Well, when they find um, Monica and Darcy says, oh, she must be a main character now. She's got a speaking part. Yeah. You know, they start identifying. And they remember, they go through that whole process of finding the characters on the show and then matching them to the real people living in Westview, trying to pin down who's who, not just only characters, but matching them to their actual real identities. Yeah. They, um, I like that when we, after right after we get to see how Monica gets out, the only thing that focuses on Wanda really this whole episode is 
when Vision walks in and she sees Vision as Mm. dead Vision versus Mm. her reality Vision. Here, when Wanda's when Monica's breaking character, what we saw inside the hex, outside they don't see her talking about Ultron because Wanda edits that she censors it. Yeah, she censors that because it's a it's a violation of the reality Mm -hmm. she's trying to create inside that she's yep. running away i mean honestly we could talk about the fact that this show is a is a is a prolonged experiment in what happens when grief happens to a superhero well yes. you know in a lot of ways yeah i mean but then you're right you're right there's the idea that you know what their brief i wrote it down as bronda sees a brief moment of vision as he was when he died in infinity war with the yes. gray and the skull broken yeah. Then we get to, then it cuts, well, sorry, then it ends and we go into the next episode and it's all of a sudden oh, no, no, no. happy. We have to exit with the um, Jimi Hendrix uh, and Hulk Hogan coming in. I'm sorry, no, it's just his theme song, Hulk Hogan's theme song, uh, Voodoo Child. That was a lovely little touch where we just got crazy. Well, yeah. I don't remember that. But, but then it goes go in. Back. Or maybe I didn't recognize it better. So. Uh, sorry, for me, that was like, oh, it's a little Hulkster. It's the <laughs> New World Order. I was like, oh, that's funny. And then, of course, we have a very special episode. Yeah, that'll be episode, episode. The title of episode one of the next series we talk about. Yeah, um, we have the kids. Um, we get to see the kids. They're really young kids. We are learning that not for long. Wanda's magic doesn't work on them because she tries mm-hmm. to put a spell, which is an interesting little bit. Agnes comes in to help them out, and Agnes is unfazed. That's another dead that she's giving things away. Not only did she break character in this, well, one, this is this is going to do that again. But she yeah. is completely unfazed by the use of magic in front of her, and Vision gets pissed about it later. Yeah, but that's this. That's the second take because I was saying, like, watching it, this is the one that's very in your face that she's breaking the wall. Mm-hmm. But the first one, like I said, when she's like, "You're the star," that's the first like mm-hmm. true key yeah. that she was aware. Well, they also the opener here is re- literally a take well, on Family Ties. Yeah, it's, it's a family, family Ties, ties opening intro. right mm-hmm. after the kids grow because it's like they're there mm-hmm. yeah, and all of a sudden forward. They jump up to four-ish, and then it goes into that opening. Um, and later, so, they'll jump ahead when Vision gives them a an arbitrary thing about when they can have a pet. Yeah. Um, but before all that, we get to, after the opening, we get the, we start to learn some facts about Wanda. Um, she was born yes. in '89. Her parents died in '99, mm-hmm. and she doesn't have a funny name because Hayward asked us she have one of those funny names. She doesn't have a funny name. Oh, you also um, know, remember that you remember also during this thing that they they do the MRI scan that comes back blank on Monica, so something's different with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we also learned that this um. She tried to take Vision's body nine days before the show started. Which we later find out, of course, they lie. Right. But it's still nine days. It's just another one of those yes. like clues of timing. Um, Vision's figuring things um, are wrong. Um, yep. We get the whole um, puppy thing. The Sparky and the boys age up and Agnes doesn't bat an eye, which again yep. lets the audience know something's kind of up with her. Eric, what are your thoughts on Agnes at this point? I mean, Catherine Hahn's doing an interesting job and an interesting take on the nosy neighbor. What are your thoughts on her? I think she's, she's. I mean, at that point, she's a fun character already. Like she's mm-hmm. she's clearly something prominent and something to pay attention to. I mean, mm-hmm. re-watching, I obviously knew where it was going. Um, he's an easter egg waiting to be revealed there's something going on yeah there that you're like yeah. hmm. and i and i definitely thought it, especially watching it this time to your point i think casey was 
was like when when the kids grow up when things start happening around agnes she never cares yeah she's always kind of just yep that's the way it goes hon and then keeps kind of going you know yeah um i would call agnes a frenemy is what i would label her i think to me it's like one of those things where it's like agnes is in on it but you don't realize well, we haven't gotten to that episode yet, but you don't realize it's a bad thing. Right. Until yeah. The end, I mean, but right? we get to the point yeah. here where we obviously but I think you realize something have Darcy has named this the hex. Yeah. And they're Darcy's talking about the... the amount of power she threw off. And this is where we get that uncomfortable conversation about Wanda almost leading to Thanos. Wu says Captain Marvel did. Monica seems a little miffed about the bringing up of Carol Danvers, obviously hinting at a rift. Yeah, so obviously they are noticing that she doesn't she doesn't like Carol for whatever reason. But I do want to mention um, real quick before that the thing that broke the internet, and I remember speculating on this mm. when trying Monica's trying to figure out how to get back in. Monica, they're like, you could if you build this particular thing, you could get in. And Monica's like, oh I, yeah, I know someone, uh, yeah. I know an engineer. And I remember the internet breaking, even myself. Being like, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, it's got to be Mr. Fantastic. It's the only person it could be. And no. boy, were we let down. But this they, show they starts that whole you. thing because you. everyone in this also thought that we were going to be leading to Mephisto because in the comic yes. books, Billy and Tommy come from Mephisto. Like he ends yes. up taking them. So like there's lots of connections and they even they seed in about a lot of Mephisto style references in this show to help lead you down that path. But we also have, this is back inside the hex. We also have the idea that vision unlocks norm and finds yeah. out that something horrible is going on. And these people are under duress and they intercept that email mm-hmm. about Darcy's findings from sword. Yeah. And then of course we have um, Sparky dying yep. And <laughs> and lots yeah, but... of like egging her on to bring Sparky back. Like yes. the kids are doing it. Agatha's kind of Agatha doesn't do it as much, but she kind of hints like, wait a minute, you can you bring can people back. Yeah. yeah, she says. And then that. there's the family is forever line, and they mention yeah. Pedro again. Mm-hmm. Um, Pietro, and then they um, let's see here. I have it noted here that oh, um, she tells she warns the boys they you those cannot age up. Do not yeah. age up. You yeah, have to accept cool. this. So what she's giving him advice that she's not even following. Like you need to gr- mm-hmm. like grieve properly. Yes, and then we have the moment with the drone and how Wanda is controlling the framing so they can't too. see it, and yeah. the drone has a gun that Hayward tries to use, and this yeah. is where Wanda reveals herself by coming out of the hex, wearing her outfit from wearing her um, outfit. Endgame, the last thing yes. we saw her in, and then also basically, basically almost killing Hayward with his own men. Um, right before. Oh, by the way, also, this is where her accent comes back. Yeah, yes. this is where her accent comes back because it floats. Yeah, it, well, I think it's because she's outside of the show. In the show, yes. she's one because yes. in the show she's she's living in a yeah she Americanizes because that's how she learned about America was in that. Where she learned uh, English. Yeah, she, and then of course, uh, yeah, like, what's the commercial? It's Lagos. Clean up yeah. the mess. The town. Ta- the clean up the mess the one you didn't intend to that's a reference to civil war yeah lagos um, brand paper towels and that's um, where I don't... we that's where she had the incident where she threw um what crossbones into the air and he blew yeah. up and took out the wakandan refuge uh people in the building but but right before that i love when she when she does go outside back to the outside because i was looking for my note um i love when she basically says fuck around and find out like don't yeah. come at me 
don't bother me. I'm not going to bother you. Leave me alone. Uh, and of course, at the end, when her and Vision are literally about to have it out. Before you mention what you're about to okay. mention, I like when she's calling out, um, when Vision's calling her out on her spells. Everything's mm -hmm. going on. And then they try to leave the when the, the credits roll. She's like, I'm done with this. And she yes. just starts rolling the credits to push the fight out. And Vision's like, I'm no. And follows her. And I love how when they transition the rooms, stage. the credits stay in the kitchen. Yeah. They keep insane. rolling there. And then she goes out. And then Vision starts doing the whole, I can't remember what happened before yeah. West of You. I don't know what's going on. And Wanda admits, I don't know how this started either. Yeah. And then the doorbell rings right and before Wanda it's... can piece together. Agnes or has to take it, ownership or take ownership. Yes. Agnes stops her to be like, no, I want, I've got to keep this. Yes, I can't let you figure out it out. This is Agnes pulling the strings again, because all of a sudden yeah. it's Pietro, but it's really the Fox MCU one. I'm sorry, the Fox universe one, not the MCU one. Yeah. And I love how the, the last, the last love... line is Darcy yeah. being like, she recast her brother. Yes. Oh, and I also, also, she, re she recast Pedro. Yeah. Also, there's the line um, in this earlier about the kids not being there. There's no kids. Yes. Um, then because vision, vision's like, I go to work every day and I pass playgrounds and there's no kids. There's never yeah. any kids. He's he's wising up to all the inconsistencies <laughs> of this little world she's yeah. created because basically it's everything that you would would not be, be basically not being used while she's not on camera. Well, this yeah. is also because he zapped the guy at work. Remember, and like yes, he's he's, he's piecing old, it all together. Yeah, he's become yeah. he's become completely. Honest. And of course, then the next episode, we actually lead in with a very uh, Malcolm. It's Malcolm in the middle. Yeah, what yeah. it is. Where Malcolm we also we also see people using their powers in the opener too. See people using their powers in the opener, and Pietro um, is now and, part of the show. He's part of the show. We get to see um, Billy wearing his costume, running around the house in his Wiccan outfit. Yeah. We later um, then, see, of course, Wanda in her class. Immediately outfit, after which is, she comes right down to Kobe in her and Fortune Teller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We will then and, also see Vision dressed up like classic Vision, and Quicksilver will join them. Yep, as classic Quicksilver. And then we, we will get a kick ass reference, which is very strange because he's like, kick ass. And then she's like, kick ass. Um, <laughs> yes, I know. It's a very strange little nod to him. The, the meeting of where he and the other Quicksilver were in the same movie together. Yeah. Um, this is where now quick Pietro starts to fully go into like, I know things are wrong. I know things are different. He's very aware of what's happening. Well, we also um, have the point. Yeah. He's probing her. Yeah. And then on the outside, we have Hayward's game is up because his, he's obviously not okay. Apparently we often very much confirm here that he obviously, I think it was confirmed earlier. He did not blip. And he obviously was, he has been traumatized by what happened those five years. Yeah. And so he is more, he is kind of ruthless. And I think this is something that carries over what we'll talk about in Falcon Winter Soldier, the same kind of element about people not being unable or adapting to a new world and then unable to go back to the old world. In fact, he even goes so far as to like basically have Wu, Darcy, and Monica arrested. Yeah. But they escape. Well while, while that's going on, Vision is trying to figure out, do his own investigation and figuring out, and he's trying to get to the outskirts uh -huh. of town. Ellis and Avenue. we we start to see that people are kind of stuck in a loop. 
Well, and then that leads into the claymation. I love this particular oh, commercial. The, yo, the claymation yo, 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 yo magic, magic snack. The mo magic snack. Yeah, the yo magic snack for survivors. Um, and then I like. Then it cuts back, and we start to get like P- um, Wanda be like, "Where's your accent?" And Pietro be like, "Well, no, where's your accent?" They start. Yeah, we start he, to get I mean, those calling out. Knowing what we know, it's very obvious that he is here to interrogate her. Oh, yeah. Agatha mm-hmm. is using him as a friendly face. Yeah. I mean, she admits that later when we yes. find out all of it. Um, Wanda warns the kids don't go past the street. Yeah, then we Avenue, cut to which is where we find Vision. Yep, Vision has gone past it. Yep, and I love that Agatha's there, and you're like, but how does she make it that far? Like, the, the, as an audience member, you really start to piece things together that something uh, is wrong at this yeah. point because mm-hmm. she should never have made it that far. Then when she the way she breaks out and she's like and then she's like oh aren't you an you're like you're an Avenger oh am I dead why would you think that because you are and she like, she's shot dressed... up like he was an Age of Ultron yeah at one point too um she is dressed as a witch oh, sorry, so it's Pietro, sorry Probably yeah about um, yeah uh, Monica uh, yeah C. she tells him you're dead you're an Avenger are you here to help me yeah. Am I dead? Why would you think that? Because you are. And we get to see her. Like That's the point that you really get to see her costume as a witch. And then when he sets her back into it. Um, things. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And then she drives off, which is interesting. It's another piece to know that something is wrong with her. Because at that point where Vision is, everyone's frozen. Because mm-hmm. of the way the loop is, she immediately drives off. Which yeah. lets you know that she's somehow actually she unaffected. Was, well, it's a foreshadow to the fact that she was there by choice. Yeah. She was not there because she was not being controlled. And then, of course, this is where, I'm sorry, we come back to my Age of Ultron moment yeah, of vision reality. shot up, yeah. And then, of course, we see their Darcy hacks into Hayward's files. It's why yeah. she stays. She's on a mission to find out what he's been hiding. And then, of course, he has his team when Vision comes out and is being ripped apart from being separated mm-hmm. from the hex. And this is when we start to put together perhaps the idea that there's something more with him, even though yeah, we also fr- know that they've been tracking him. Well, you inside. figure that, but you fit this when he, when vision goes through the hex, he starts to disintegrate and you're like, why is he disintegrating? This is weird. Cause we know people can leave the hex. We've seen it twice at this yes. point in time. And some reason he can't, which kind of lets us know. And then Billy hears, it's the only yeah. time we actually see Billy using powers really. And he hears his dad and Wanda expands the field, turning yes. the military base into and only, and only a Hayward area. and a few people get away and Darcy gets pulled in too. Yeah. And they everybody who gets pulled in from the outside is part of a circus. Yeah. And so then we get to like the, the episode breaking the fourth wall, which is now in the two thousands. We now have the talking to camera. Yeah. And um, we have the quasi office intro. Yeah. And her her world is becoming a little bit unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, Agnes takes the kids. Um, oh, by the this way, is where I mean, we learn this is where we actually learned that Hayward wants vision as a weapon, like it's like yes. freely admitted now. Okay, we mm-hmm. have to make a point here. I want to point something out the house at this point is the same house we will see in Doctor Strange 2. It has become that house. The, ho- the house she's living in at this point, this point in the seventh episode, is the exact same house we will see. And Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. This is that house. Okay. Well, yes. I'm just saying, uh, if you look closely, no, I, I know it is. You can see the layout. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's starting to be like this is because she, she's a neck. We learned later that she's a Nexus character. 
Uh, yes, we'll and we also now can movie. see that she's expanded the field outside. It yeah. looks you can see the hexes more clearly. Yeah. Which, um, speaking of Nexus, we get the commercial for Nexus. It anchors you to reality mm-hmm. since she is, since she's um a, a Nexus character. So we see Monica goes back in. First, she tries to use the truck, doesn't go very well. Mm-hmm. Then she just decides to run exactly. through. And we had been warned: if you go through without protection, it will alter you. You've already been altered once. And I love when she pushes through and she starts to change. We hear lines from Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. and one of the lines you hear is Nick Fury going, you can go up with her when you learn to glow. And then her eyes start to change, yeah. and then she comes through, and she can see light. And it's really cool the way they And then on the inside, we have that. Vision and unlocks Darcy. Yeah. So she's back. And then when they keep trying to go back in the vehicle, there are constantly things stopping them. Yeah, Red I love lights, how much Agnes is just constantly stopping them. Oh, but there's, a fun, but there's a fun moment when Wanda's doing one of her talking to cameras. The camera person talks back and says, do you think this is what you deserve? Yeah. That's right mm-hmm. before the commercial break. Yeah, right before the commercial break. And then one, after the commercial and all that, Wanda starts to be like, where, where are the twins? She starts to realize uh-huh. they're not there. And Agnes is like, oh, well, they're in the basement. Yeah. And then the, she goes down and you immediately know, oh, something's wrong. And then that's when they're like, okay, you have figured out she's the bad guy at this point. Here's her theme song. Mm-hmm. Agatha all oh, along. Man. Yeah, we get what the, we get the full Agatha Harkness. We get to see the dark hold. And we yeah. do get that wonderful thing where we now find out that she was the one responsible behind the talent show. Herb, Quicksilver, uh, the way that the incident with Vision... Yeah, the director behind the camera, and of course she admits to killing Sparky. Yeah, um, which then leads us into the next episode. Previously on, so she has a great point, witch laugh, by the way, after yeah. saying she killed Sparky. She does. I listen to that song a lot on my um on my phone. I really like yes. the Agatha Long song. It's a great song. Um, we get to um. I should mention the songs for this were written by the um the couple that did Frozen. By the way, mm-hmm. if you didn't know that. Oh, did I did songs. Um, so pre- um, previously on the next episode, it is a, just like it sounds. It's a flashback episode. And first it starts off with um, 1693 Salem, um, just down the road where they tried to uh, to kill Agatha. Um, Agatha has the ability to absorb other people's powers and yeah. ends up killing the whole coven, including her own mother. mother. Yeah. Well, they were trying to kill her, so True, it was slightly we, self-defense. We, we, we reveal something yeah, we about her. <laughs> we do really, we learn something about her herself and i love the fact that she takes her mother's pendant which looks yeah. a lot like the pendant you see agatha wear classically in the comic books yeah and of course um, she's been trying to get wanda to tell her things because she sees wanda's power but she's trying to she wants it she wants yeah. wanda's power she's actually jealous rachel yeah. caught on to that recurring pendant by the way early on early episodes because she's wearing it in most of the yep. episodes yeah i think every time certainly the early i don't wearing... think she's wearing it in the um in the first in the, one, and the modern family, the the most oh, really? modern one. Um, she, one she thing wants but... Wanda's power, and well, she we basically is saying Wanda has magic that's on autopilot, and she doesn't understand that. She's very mm-hmm. jealous, right. but we have, wants we her have to mention secret, so she forces her into uh, a journey down psychology. Lane. Right, but before we mention that, we have to mention that Wanda can't in the basement. Wanda can't use her yes. her magic because, because uh, of the wards, uh, Magatha. The, the runes, runes, the witch who casts the runes, gets control. Yeah, and she and, and we learned like, that, of course, that Wanda is not a trained witch. 
Yes. She won't even admit except that she is one at first. But this is where this is this is the scene where the villain creates their own undoing because yes. she gives too much information to Wanda. He monologues that he Wanda monologues. later will use against her. Mm-hmm. But then but, but then uh, Magnus is going to send her down as you were saying the trip they in every lane. So we, we, we see the, her as the child at home. We see yeah, her, she loves shows, sitcoms. sitcoms. Her parents um, we get dying. To, yep, cut to that. We cut to seeing her trapped, trapped with the for bomb. Two days. Yep, the bomb didn't go off. Well, we thought it was just a dud. Or were you using magic to hold it at bay? Yeah, there's a there's um, a. Oh, you know idea. what that is? Yep. That moment right there is like the the top spinning an in inception. Yeah, did it or did it? You know, mm. did it not? You know, kind of thing. We jump to the Hydra base. We get to see how she actually gets her powers. And no one um, remembered the, the footage was cut. She yeah. cut the footage of her absorbing the Mind Stone. Yeah. Seeing it, that footage was cut from the uh, observation. No yep. one had it. Um, and then we see her in Avengers AQ and when she starts to bomb with Vision. Yep. And she starts to... And it's the whole, I just want to... She's watching yeah. Malcolm in the Middle. Watching Malcolm in the Middle. Then we're going to get to see when she goes back to see his body. Um, and it's like, I just want to grieve. I want to bury him. Well, you can't bury him as a government property, but I'll let you see him. Mm-hmm. And then she's just struck with grief. And then she goes back or she leaves and she goes to the home where they bought the, the town. Yep. Doesn't take the body. She goes to where they bought a house. And well, then I think it looks takes like Vision over. bought it. I think Vision bought it for them. That's what happened in the it, book. In the comics, Vision buys it yes. for her. It, it has um, all the hallmarks to me that he bought it, and now that he's dead, she found it. Yeah, she finds and, it, and then yeah, goes to the house, and, and then recreates is, him. Yes, well, she and, recreates this magic world, basically pulling from her her mind. Yeah, you know, and then this is where then Agatha gives us the line that Wanda is the Scarlet Witch. Yes, she uh-huh. says that's chaos magic. Yeah, the Scarlet Witch. Yep, and she, and then it ends with like her outside, and she's got the kids. Yes, and then it cuts, and then we get our tag finally because mm-hmm. we get to see Monica trying to go into the house, and she gets caught by Ralph. Yeah, Ralph, yeah. Ralph Boner. So that is our first tag, right, in this show? Yes. Yeah. Um. Then we get to the final episode, the series finale, and you know, Vision's there to vision. help. We get regular Vision. We get Wanda. We get Agatha. You get oh, a history lesson about a fucking boat. Everything. Well, hey, no, no. We have a thought experiment about the ship of Theseus. I'm sorry, sir. It's still a. It's, it's no. A, it makes a lot of sense because it explains everything about vision. It actually reawakens. I don't him. dis. I don't disagree with it. I'm just commenting. It's a history lesson on a boat. Well, it's not a Our history lesson. Boat. Theseus didn't really exist. Probably, it's a mythological story. It's a thought experiment, not a history lesson. Eh, tomato, tomato, potato, Whatever. Theseus. Vision course, to the rescue. We get Hayward's to the off the reservation, and Wu is calling the FBI. Yep. Um, he well, he threatens that he's already called the FBI. Well, he bluffs. Then he goes and calls the FBI. Um, we get to find out that um more that she Wanda the Scarlet Witch is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. Yes, there is we get a line one. about that. Um, we get to see we get to see Pietro is there holding Monica. And we learn who um, who Pietro is, that he's Ralph Boner. Now, Eric, watching this from your perspective, the original time, and I guess now, yeah. what, do you feel let down when it's like Pietro is nothing but this random dude named Ralph Boner? 
Yes, because I love that actress takes over. Ralph Boner was an actor. It makes sense. He was just cast in a different part. But but it's still like I love him as Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I I have to agree. I kind of I kind of feel let down too. Agatha keeps trying to make a deal with Wanda that she's not going to uphold while she's absorbing her powers, Mm -hmm. and then eventually she the the hex has runes, and this is where. We find Agatha has everything turned on her. Well, but way, way before. Wow, wow. we've jumped way ahead. Yeah, you jumped way far. Like, but before that, we we learn we get to see Monica using her powers because she comes to help the family, and she starts like we find out that she's basically bulletproof with when she's kicking her powers in. Mm-hmm. Um, and White and, Vision comes in. And like, yeah, White Vision comes is in. That the regular Vision. And that's when you we get the the Theseus um, conversation. Darcy saves the day by hitting Hayward with the car. Mm-hmm. See you um, in prison. Yeah, um, move like an ultra. I don't know what the hell. Creepy Wanda moves. Oh, there's the um. I I know that Wanda. There's the scene we never we see it in Age of Ultron when we first meet Wanda. She does that like creepy like move and like uh-huh. touches her head. It comes back in this because she gets after Agatha. Right. Um, and she tries to put the, the hex on Agatha. And this is when she starts to get the head the magical headband forming that then they start to do all their fight, which at first you're like, Man, this ah, fight in the air, this is a crappy fight, until we realize, as John was saying, that she puts on she puts the runes around the place. Right. Um, to stop Agatha. And I love like the throwback, like the witch who puts it has the power. Uh we uh, she gets her new costume, which is really cool. It's a fun, like comic accurate costume mm-hmm. um, for Miss Wanda, which this I really is when, like we're we're now in like the city center, right? The town square. Yeah, we're back in this. Yeah, we're back in the city, and people are turning um, on her. Like they've turned off. Like there's kind oh, of good a lot point. that Thank happens. You. Like they turn off the yeah. powers. Everyone's like, please stop. Where's my children? They're asking for all these things. Like, yeah, think, think, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's right. Before the fight. It. Yeah, yeah. And that's because that's when Agatha gets the upper hand and Agatha starts to take her up into the air because um, right. Wanda's starting to feel it. At this point, has Vision already warded off White yeah. Vision? With yeah, the, Vision's the already gone stuff? by this. Yeah. Right. Well, White Vision has, then regular Vision show, is back out there with watching. the memory transfer, if you will. Yeah, he's out there watching. Um, I like when the fight's over and like you think that Ag- Wanda's going to kill Agatha. And then mm-hmm. her, she's just like, nope, your punishment, you're going to live here forever as the nosy neighbor. Right. Which uh, I like that a lot. I, I do too. I really like the um, the nosy neighbor piece. Um, and and I mean, Wanda to John's then, point, that's after the, the runes thing, right? Where it is that, we realize it is that Wanda's was, yeah. used um, Agatha's kind of trick against her and put runes. Yeah. Which in the fight scene kind of looks like she's just missing right every time she's throwing things and she's not hitting agatha and like it's almost like agatha's winning until you realize what she was doing was building runes on the back you know of, of the hex behind her while she didn't see thinking she was just missing her and not doing well with her magic she was actually doing fucking great <laughs> I, I wish we could have seen her hands doing something to it i like that they're sly and we don't even see it as an audience but you know, we, it just it happens. All of a sudden, the runes are there. Um, so then, um, yeah. So she gets she sets the town free, um, and it's then we have to watch as she's as the spells fading, and she has to let her family, how her family go. Right. Um, and it's just it's just really sad to watch. Like she tucks in the boys, and she's like, "All right, just 
go to sleep and she like steps out of the room so she doesn't have to watch them fade and then she's there with vision and it all just collapses and disappears um it's a very very sweet moment it, it's, yeah it is it is the visual representation of her letting go yeah and her accepting reality as it is yeah and then no, Monica, then the cutscene, but we'll get yeah. to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, then the cutscene. Um, but I like that Monica lets Wanda go. That Monica understands. Like I understand grief from this other perspective, and lets her go. Right. And then, we, then we get the tag tag number one of two. Uh, Monica talking to Jimmy, and then Hayward. Then we find that Hayward's been arrested, and it's like, hey, someone wants to talk to you in here. And we go in there, and it's a scroll. So finally, the scrolls are coming back. It's our second time to see the scrolls. And then it's like an old friend of your mother's wants to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, where? And she just points up. Yeah, and we points. all know. We all know. Oh, Nick Fury. <laughs> Nick Fury's up there waiting for you. Up in space. Uh, then we get our second tag. And I love this. I don't know where the lake is in the house, but like, I want to live there. Uh, I, I love the it, little lake. I wonder and, if it's like Europe area. Like it's got to be. Near home, so to speak, for her. Yeah, it's it's got to be. Um, but beautiful, beautiful country. And I like that we zoom in and Wanda, Eric, Wanda's living the great life. She's sitting there on that porch, just mm-hmm. maxing and relaxing. Then she cool. was, yeah, she was chilling. And she's like, I need some coffee and gets up and the camera follows her in. And then whereas a normal camera would just stop and watch her pour this coffee and drink no. it and smile. This camera Dance. just keeps on going. And Into she's the next doing room. Yeah, the next room. And she's doing the Dr. Strange hands. Yeah. Reading from the dark hole. And just when in a spiritual get, way, yeah, or a way or whatever, I don't know. Yeah, and when it couldn't get creepier, all of a sudden you hear the kids, "Help me, mommy, help!" Mm-hmm, yeah, and it like cuts to it, and that's another nod to people who are familiar with the comic books. Like, oh my god, the kids are stuck in hell with uh, Mephisto. So mm-hmm. I can't wait. I can't wait to see where they where they go with Wanda's character. She's she's great. But where I can do um, while we're waiting for Wanda's character. Is um actually you know what Eric while we we're trying to figure out where Wanda's character is to give us a quick uh, library lesson since well, we were just talking about a book actually the Dark Hold tell us a little bit about a book or about well, a library maybe Wanda's hanging out and uh, drinking her tea or coffee out there by the Statesboro Bullock County Library in Statesboro Georgia that's right folks we're heading down to a place that's close to my heart near and dear speaking of looking into the past feeling like our lives with a TV show. Uh, the Statesboro Bullock County Library is part of the S, uh, the Bullock County Regional or the Statesboro Regional uh, Libraries. Um, so there's several in some of the surrounding te- uh, cities or, or towns, including Metter, uh, maybe even as far as Vidalia. I'd have to look again. Apologies. Um, that's not the fun part because we're talking about the actual Statesboro Bullock County Library in Statesboro, Georgia. That's the only library serving Statesboro, Georgia. It is a pretty small town, college town, um, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, So Statesboro uh, had the third regional library in the state of Georgia. So it's worth noting there, Uh, probably likely, I would think, because the college presence, I think, was being established, if not already established around that time, which that time being 1923. Uh, That's when the first public library in Statesboro was designated out of the local high school. And that wasn't until 1936. So about, what, 13 years later or so. Uh, when the local Sea Island Bank, I don't recognize that bank name, underwent construction of a new building and allocated space on the second floor uh, to furnish the library for free. So that was really nice of the Sea Island Bank. By 1940, all right, so just a few years later, a bookmobile was added 
and that served the patrons of the library who lived in the rural areas. Uh, it is southern Georgia, so I think in 1939, uh, there was a, um, I guess for lack of better terms, a, a black library designated. Um, and in 1943, the libraries of Bullock, all of them uh, in that kind of the Bullock regional area, if you will, like I mentioned, Metter and some of the outlying towns, uh, they were all became part of the, the designated regional library system at that point. That's 1943. Uh, so the library in Bullock County specifically, uh, which is the Statesboro Bullock, has been where it is now since 1980. Um, one of the, the tours and boards for Statesboro, uh, apparently has one, is Visit Statesboro. And they highlight the fact that the library boasts an 875 square foot room that can accommodate 40 to 50 people. Um like so many of our, our libraries, it is closed on Sundays. Um, it is available 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. every other day, uh, with an extra hour on both sides, Monday through Thursday. Uh, so this is the, the hometown um, of Statesboro, that is, is the hometown of Georgia Southern University, part of my uh, my personal love for it. Uh, but it's also home to Zaxby's Chicken, for those of you in the South and, and growing. Um also home to Old Register Road, and of course, the Averett Center for the Fine Arts, which is where you'll see some great concerts, great comedy, great theater, all that jazz. Um, the library is also across the street from a Pizza Hut, which I can say that that Pizza Hut is in old school style. That's right, that 90s style red roof, um, the buffet sort of feel, like you walk in, you're going to eat pizza with your grandparents. You know, that's what it makes me think of. Uh, so I highly recommend it. It's an easy town. It's a lovely town to be a part of, lovely town to talk to people in. Statesboro, Georgia, uh, the Statesboro Bullock County Library. Uh, and again, for all those of you keep it score, the zip code 30458. Uh, so there you go, Casey. Go visit Statesboro, Georgia. I'm going to have to go visit and give me some Zaxby's chicken. Yeah. And I'm going to eat that chicken while I watch Home Falcon Town. and the Winter Soldier. Ooh. That is directed by Carrie Skolglin. Um, also directed the whole thing, written by our head writer, Malcolm Spillman. Um, of course, he had as the writing staff. Um, composer Henry Jackman from the Captain America movies returns to do the score, and it shows. I love the score of this show so much. Our cast this time around, um, some returning characters and some new ones. We got Anthony Mackie returning as Falcon, Sebastian Stan as Winter Soldier. We have Wyatt Russell as john walker slash u.s agent slash captain america and part of the russell fact, dynasty in the marvel universe now part of the russell dynasty and fun fact he had a um, audition to play captain america back in the day oh. and did not get it oh. and marvel seems to bring in a lot of people um that did earlier auditions so the girl who plays uh riri williams and wakanda forever audition for shuri yeah so um, they bring people back Erin Kellerman as Carly. I love her so much. By the way, this actress, I just, she, every time she's on screen, I just can't take my eyes off her. I love her so much. Um, she's also in Willow and she was in um, Solo. Um, great actress. Love her. Is this um, the, the Flag Smasher woman? Yep. The Flag Smasher, Carly. Mm. Um, Daniel you and I Gr differ. Oh, you don't like her? No. Oh, they were the so worst much. part of this show. No, they are the worst part. I like her. <laughs> I like the actress. I'm okay, she that. was dealing with some rough scripts, so I'll give you yeah. credit that I should see her again in something else. They they were filming. She this was charismatic. In, um, she was charismatic. Yeah, they were filming this during um COVID times. So if you want to see her something good that you can't see her in is Willow, since they removed it from Disney Plus. 
But if you could have seen Willow, she was really good in Willow. Uh, Daniel Bruhl as Zemo returning. Yay! Danny Ramirez as Torres. Um, Emily Van Emily Van Camp as Sharon Carter again. Um, Ali Bennett as La, or Al Bennett as Lamar. Carl Lumley, the amazing Carl Lumley as Isaiah. Florence Kashumba as Aya from the Black Panther series. George St. Pierre returning as Batrock the Leaper. Oh, I'm so happy. Is she um, in, wait, is that woman in the 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 yeah. uh, Black Panther series? Yeah. yeah wait, is she is she the prominent one in two? in the first one? She's no. not a Koye. She's the other one. Right. There's always, they, they they, two. Yeah, the the other one in, in Wakanda Forever kind of has a, a bigger I, role. Uh, she I feel was like. in the Civil War. Okay. But she's all but she's also in Wakanda and the, the, the Panthers too. They have the same characters. Um, Elijah Richardson as um, Eli Bradley. Um, it was Isaiah Bradley, Eli Bradley. Julia Louise Dreyfus as Val and Don Cheadle as Rhodey. Um, so real quick, Eric, for you, just yeah. so you can understand um, so what the characters look like, um, this is what U.S. Agent looks like. Oh, um, so they really get there at the end. They do really get there. I mean, when he is Captain America, it's They're the same costume, homage, so. A lot of homage here to it. Yeah. Um, this is another take they had done on US Agent at one point in time. Not a good take, but a take. That looks like Judge Dredd. Very Judge Dreddy. Um, of course, we get... Um, oh, sorry. Here's another... Um, what? Just another good shot of US Agent. Um, another nice take on him. Uh, um, Captain America, this Adventure is... Um, Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Adventure <laughs> Georgia. Anyway. Um, Captain America, uh, Sam as Captain America. When we get him a little bit, wow, later. they got that really accurate. Yeah, oh, it's such a good accurate. I love that costume. I won't lie. Um, um, Isaiah Bradley. This is what his Captain America looked like. Ooh, all right. I would lo- I would love to see a mini series, like a four yeah. or five part episode, that's just about Isaiah. Um, Flag Smasher. We talked about Flag Smasher earlier. This is Flag Smasher. Flag Smasher wasn't a group; it was a person. <laughs> um, so I like what they did with it. Over this, looks like Monica Rambo's costume. It does a little bit. Um, Eli Bradley, um, who mentioned a minute ago. This is Eli Bradley. So this is Isaiah's mm. uh, grandkid. So a uh, grandson. Um, okay, becomes a character um, who will lead. The Young Avengers, which if you notice, there's a certain Tommy uh, Maximoff. Oh, okay. His brother's there. Um, there's Hulkling, who mm-hmm. is married to um, Tommy over here. Or sorry, Billy. Um, this is Iron Lad, or as you might know them, um, Kang. Uh-huh. A, a Kang variant. So oh. there's some uh, some fun stuff there. And then, of course, um, Zemo, who we have seen before. But I wanted to point this one out. This is Torres from the comics. Because he becomes a Falcon. Oh, oh it's okay. a nice little thing they do in one okay. of the episodes here. Like do you want your wings back? No, you keep them. Yeah, so then that's uh-huh. what it will become. So, and he becomes the Falcon himself once um, Sam takes on the Captain America moniker, you think? I assume that's how they're going to do it in the movie, yeah. All right. All right, so let's um, get Battlestar. Didn't we? Did we hear oh, about Battlestar? Oh, thank that you. Real? I was gonna get a picture of Battlestar. I knew I forgot <laughs> someone. Hold on, uh, Battlestar. I love that. That's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Let's thank you. I, I, I knew I was gonna pull up a picture. <sighs> this is Battlestar. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could have had this, but I'm also glad we don't have that. 
But oh, if you man, actually look, like, that would have been great. For, like, look, one of here's the, like, the star. propaganda scenes, you know. Now, now that I'm noticing it, look, there's yeah. the star. He does actually have that costume. It's just different colors. They didn't yeah. make it look goofy. Yeah. Um, and look, even he with does the, have kind of a collar pop. Yeah, up. I was about to say, there's the collar, yeah. and then we could see the collar there. Oh, they really right. they went right. there. Right. Um, so uh, six episodes on this one. So um, really quick to, to give you the name of the episode. So there's New World Order. It's episode one, Star Spangled, but Star Spangled Man is episode two. Episode three, we call it the Power Broker. Episode four is the world. The whole world is watching. Five is Truth. Uh, Truth was actually the mini series with um, Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then six, One World, One People. So this show, I mean, it just starts off um, with the bang. I like that we see um, Sam's getting ready to go out. He grabs the shield. Um, we hear him talk. We hear him talking to Steve um, from Endgame. It's kind of nice, kind of hear it in his head. And then Sam's on a mission, and I love this sequence. It's like movie caliber to me. I love them flying through. Sam's got to rescue everyone. It's doing that whole helicopter chase. Batrock shows up, and I remember when he showed up, I was just like cheering, and my wife was like, "What the fuck are you cheering about?" I'm like, it's Batrock the Leaper. You don't understand. They brought him back. <laughs> it's so cool. Uh, I like just, oh, I love this opening. I love this opening so much. I love like the cutting, like zipping through helicopters, something yeah. that can never really happen. But the way they do it, like you, you got 90 seconds. You're about to go into that other country. You cannot go into the other country. I got an idea. <laughs> I got an idea. <laughs> like, oh, it's just, oh, it's just one of the yes. best chase scenes of a Marvel up to this point, in my opinion. <laughs> agreed like it's so good um and then we get to see him talking to torres and torres points us out to the flag smashers so we kind of get to see about the flag smashers, and we start to get like the where is steve is he up in the moon i hear he's in the moon like where is he mm-hmm. what's going on so people are trying to figure out where cap is um and sam's like i gotta go where are you gonna go i gotta go up to the moon and it's him giving the sh- we learned it's him actually giving the shield away. He's giving it to the Smithsonian. It's it's a national treasure that everyone should get to see. Um, but we get Rhodey there, and I want to point out I think he's a scroll at this point because he <sighs> doesn't he yeah. doesn't have the leg braces. Mm. This is the first time we've seen without the leg braces. Oh, good point. Good and point. I th- I think he's a scroll now this point for those of you who aren't caught up sorry for the spoiler uh <laughs> but you should have caught up by now uh yeah so i think he's a scroll at this point all right okay i'll go with that yeah it's it's only that makes logical sense because everything we've watched up till now it seems like he's normal roadie yeah so and we also see that he's having when he gets out of being a scroll he can't walk right so it tells me that like he still the scroll doesn't need the braces, but Brody will. So mm-hmm. um now we start to get a little bit of some winter soldier flashbacks. Um, which at first you're like, oh, this is an interesting flashback. Eventually we do learn why we see this flashback. It's the one piece that he'll focus on throughout the whole show. But we get, I love that Bucky's in therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that going real well. <laughs> yeah, it's going so well. Why are you writing things down again? Why are you writing things down? <laughs> uh, and then I love that Bucky's friend is just this old guy. <laughs> and oh. there's a there's a line when we saw the cutscene, by the way, on the on the front of this episode, right? It wasn't this the the cold open where they show us the kid dying in the Russian hotel. 
that's right after um that's right after that the the braces where Rhodey is in um where we see Rhodey. Okay. It does the Rhodey and then it cuts the flashback with Winter Soldier is the scene where he takes out the kid who will learn is the right. old man's kid. Um but we get the most important thing we are gonna learn this whole show. Bucky hasn't danced, danced since 1943. Yeah. Poor Bucky. He's going to learn a lot of new moves. He's going <laughs> to learn a lot the of the most important thing. You rocked wide over rules one, two, and three, which continue to play a part in the future episodes. No, 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 no. I, I, I will. I stand by the most important thing is he hasn't danced. Nothing illegal. <laughs> Nobody gets hurt, confesses himself, makes amends. He still hasn't danced. <laughs> so I'm throwing that. He is not fondue, John. He has not fondue. He wants to fondue. He doesn't even remember how to fondue. That that's kids and technology. That's stupid. That's not. That's ah uh, priorities, man. Priorities. Um. So this is. It's right after that that we truly get the. I think we're as audiences we're clued in that Bucky has the connection to the video, the the flashback and the old man. But then we actually really get to see. Um, that it's the old man's kid. It's really sad. We learned that the date goes horrible. Um, yeah, so we're gonna go to Sam trying to help out his sister. Um, or he goes back home, his family's in trouble. He wants to help out his sister. Um, Sam's gonna help them get along, and um, it goes about as well as you can expect a black family in Louisiana to get a loan from a bank. And in that, they do not get a loan from a mm-hmm. bank. And but it does point out an interesting thing. Um, how do the Avengers get paid? How do There's they a lot get of good paid? faith? A lot of good faith. A lot of good faith. I also love the well, you see, your plan looks good, but you haven't had a job in five years. It's like, well, no shit. I was yeah. blipped out of reality for five years. And I, I like that. That little bit, as much and as it Sarah sucks, calls him on it. yeah, and, and and as much as it sucks for to watch Sam go through that, that's the moment you, as me as an audience member, at least I started to be like, man, that sucked for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like the whole world's going through the same, um, same thing. So yeah. it's like loan denied, and then to rub the salt in the wound, all of a sudden, Sam, you got to see this, and it's a new Captain America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we get to one of my favorite openings. Holding the shield. Holding the shield. Um, and Bucky's so pissed. Yeah. Um, that scene. Uh, we then, as it goes into the next episode, Star Spangled Man, we see him getting, you know, getting into the uniform. And then he goes out there. Um, I love, I love that song. I've listened to that song. And it's the same song from Captain America, the first Avenger. Just now there's more jazzed up. Marching band, <laughs> marching band. Um, yeah. and it's I I love that little bit. He gives a speech, and man, he needs to watch what he says because he really pisses off Bucky and Sam. Um, and then Sam's or Bucky's like, "I'm coming with you. We're gonna go do this." But Sam's like, "I got a mission," and um, we learn about the second most important lesson of this of the show. First being Bucky hasn't danced since forty three, but the second is the big three. It's always one of the big three androids. Aliens and wizards. I mean, arguably. So we're not fighting Gandalf. What you know about Gandalf? I read that book in 1937 <laughs> when it was first published. <laughs> Doctor Strange, he's a wizard. No, he's a sorcerer. It's just a sorcerer without a hat. Like, oh, the whole 
their chemistry is so perfect. And this oh, yeah. scene just shows off their chemistry. Um, I love that when they're going and like Sam just jumps out the plane <laughs> with his wings and Bucky's like, where's the shoot? There, There is no shoot. Fine. I don't need one. Then you <laughs> just watch him jump out of the way. I don't understand. Is Bucky super strong? Because he takes a hit. They were too low for a shoot. Well, it's not that they were just too low for the shoot. They he says there are no shoots, but he still even it doesn't matter if they're too low for the shoot. He fell high like three times as high as a tree. Yeah, Bucky falls and slams into the ground. Well, he grabs all the branches on the way down, right? He he, he hits, hits he hits every, every branch, branch on the ugly tree down. on the way down, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then slams into the ground. I like is did he take the super soldier serum? Like I don't. It's it, this is the where it starts to get like. I thought he just had a metal arm and he was brainwashed, mm-hmm. but clearly he's got a little bit, uh, a little bit more. Um, so they go through, they do the whole scene. Um, they've got a hostage. It's not a hostage. It's actually Carly, which is her introduction, which I really love. And I like the fight on the, on the, the truck. It's a really cool little fight and it's going kind of okay. And then cap shows up and then they all get their asses handed to them. <laughs> it's great. And I love when, there's a scene where Cap throws the shield and Bucky just catches it and just passes it off to him. And he's just annoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's so great. Um, they got to get back into town, you know, get the ride. This is, we're starting to learn Bucky really hates them. Um, also, the new Cap's um, teammate is named Battlestar, which is just weird. Um, it, started, it just starts to build up that rivalry where we don't like him. And it, the whole um, does he why is he staring comes back um, which from earlier, but this is where I think to me and Eric Eric John point, it, to me this is where we start to see that something's a little off with John not not you John but John Walker I'm just gonna say Walker from here on out this is mm-hmm. where we start to get, see something's a little off with him because his aggression he gets mad really easily or annoyed really easily easier than you would expect yeah he doesn't let things go he's not. He's clearly no Steve Rogers. You know, yeah. he doesn't have patience. He doesn't have acceptance of, of other people just kind of being who they are. He He's not, he's too, I don't know, reactive. Yeah. Um, Bucky takes Falcon to Baltimore to see Isaiah, someone he, um, tell, tell him it's the guy he fought in the Korean War. Um, and so Isaiah gets to go there. Sam gets pissed off. That he was never told about this. Did mm-hmm. Cap know? Steve didn't. Well, know. what we learn is Isaiah is likely super soldier based on the fact that he threw like a yeah a cigarette box or something like that through the wall. Yeah, so we learned that he's definitely strong, and this is and he's undergone some some black trauma of America, basically. Yeah, um, you know, of, of servicemen and stuff through the the forties and fifties, mm-hmm. likely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like when Sam is like upset. Um, going on and Bucky's like I didn't tell anyone but with this where this show is like really playing on race in America today mm-hmm. Bucky and Falcon Bucky and Sam are having the argument in the street and the cops just show up for no yeah. reason it's like sir are you okay I'm, I'm just my friend we're just having a conversation yeah they say to um, Bucky not not Sam yeah and then when they realize that they're like oh we're so sorry and like you're almost expecting like can I have a picture like you're almost expect no the banker asked for the picture the cops like one minute and then he comes back it's like that's right sorry um sorry bucky you're under arrest mr barnes Mm -hmm. you're under arrest that's right um 
so then they get you know they get the the therapy session um keeping the one on the white man down yeah um john's gonna break them out and then it's like oh we gotta go we gotta go um get someone they go to see zemo which then leads oh we got our first reference to the power broker so in the episode the next episode power broker you know they get zemo out of jail which is a fun little sequence um and then zemo gets his mask which to me at that moment in the show when i see him get the mask i'm super excited because mm-hmm. i like him with the mask um and i like that like i was a baron <laughs> like yeah. i got money it's a baron um we yeah, go to get this car and this butler and all these these castles and stuff yeah i love that his butler's a dick <laughs> i love that uh they go take them to Madripoor or Madripoor. It's the big uh, thing in the in the Marvel universe, but particularly with the X Men and Wolverine. So it was a nice little thing. Mm-hmm. People actually thought Wolverine was going to show up in the show because of that. Um, meeting goes south fast, but Karen, uh, sorry, Sharon is going to rescue them, and this is where we get to see Zemo wearing the mask. Um, we um, as after Sharon rescues them, and then they go to their safe house. Um, this is from the makeshift gun store right yeah the makeshift gun store Um, we do learn that Sokovia was erased from the map in this episode Um, there's the line that it's have you been to the memorial Sokovia was basically erased from the map Um, they get to their little safe house and Bucky doesn't go in and then he finds one of the beads from Wakanda and then follows it he's like I gotta take a walk and he goes and this is where we learned that the Wakandans are there or I'm leading into the whole next episode. The whole world is watching. They have their conversation. We want Zemo. Nope, nope. Um, we do get to see the flashback. Uh, Bucky getting on brainwash was pretty cool. Power brokers wanting Carly. Um, Zemo acknowledges the super soldier stuff. It's like the super soldier shouldn't exist. And this is where Sam's like, well, that sounds like a god. You're, you're trying to play god. Again, more stuff with Walker. Um, what are your thoughts on Walker, either one of you, like as him as Captain America up to this point? He hasn't gone full of nuts, but he's starting to get there. Was it a good choice for him to be a Captain America? Um, no. <laughs> as we'll find, I mean, I think it's clear that he's he's just not going to be good. Like uh, <laughs> Rachel actually looked over at one point. She's like, this is the Captain America that like represents America more than Steve Rogers <laughs> at one point. It's said, true. Yeah. There is some argument he made, right? This is the Captain America who has obvious flaws, right? He's trying his best. You know, I, I do have a lot of empathy for him in a lot of ways, but yeah, he he kind of gets in his own way a lot of times with his own mm-hmm. ego and hubris. Yeah. It's Steve was a representation of the soldiers of that era. Yeah. And totally. John Walker is a representation Soldier. of a modern day soldier. Not to say that That's all modern bullshit. day soldiers are. Well, no. hold on. Captain America I, is an exception. That's what Zemo points out very clearly. But Captain I'm not. America I'm not is talking... an exception, not the rule, and that's the mistake everybody makes with the super soldier serum. No, that's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Steve as a person was a representation of the good, like the good hearted soldier from World War II generation, whereas. The, John Walker's representation of a soldier, not as cap, but as a soldier, is more of what a soldier is today. Ones that don't get the help that they need. They go through all this trauma. They're trained to be these soldiers, and they're not helped in any way. Nobody and helped Captain their... America's generation either. There's no difference. It's a whitewashing. Captain America and Steve Rogers is a full blown exception. The problem is, is that 
they think he's the rule. And that's the mistake that is constantly made over and over and over again with this serum is the idea that it exasperates or accentuates the person has nothing to do with him being a soldier and people back in World War II, as it has been stated by Tony Stark did, or I'm sorry, it was Nick Fury and Winter Soldier said people did some really bad stuff. It has nothing to do with soldier and time frame. It has everything to do with Steve Rogers character, nothing more, nothing less. And because of that, that's why Erskine was right to pick him. And that's why everybody who has been picked since then is a mistake because everybody continues to think that somehow it's about, Oh, a good soldier. No Erskine said himself in captain America, it's being a good person which then tells you that what you're going to find out with Walker is he's a good soldier. He's a piece of shit as a human, as a human being. Which I, I would agree with that sentiment, you know, that even in the first Avenger, we recognize that Steve, as, as said by the, the scientist, or the name escapes me, but you know, that he is an exception and that he would not have been the first choice of the military at that point. He was actually fought for by the scientists, not the military. I'm not trying to say that I'm not trying to bring Captain America himself into it. Where I'm going with with Walker is Walker's speech at the end when he gets court-martialed. And he's like, I just did what you told me to do. I am a product of what you created. You, the government, you tell me to do this, I go do it, and I do it, and you get pissed at me, and you, now you want to retire me for it. But that's the problem. That's the what I'm rule, saying. They, the government has always assumed that the rule was you again, but again, soldier, I'm not talking forgot. cap. But I'm not they talking forgot. cap. That's I'm trying thing. to... No, I'm saying... I understand. Captain America or Steve Rogers was never a soldier to begin with. That is the mistake that the government mm. has been continuously making with this program. They think a good soldier will equal a good Captain America. You're right. Walker's a terrible choice because he is a good soldier. That's because Cap was never a good soldier. That's the problem that they never figure that out. That's the missing les lesson. That's why I said Rogers is the exception, not the rule. And they continuously make that mistake because if it was up to what's his name, the colonel back in Captain America, he would have given it to the guy who literally, when there's a hand grenade on the ground, ran to save himself. Yes, and, and I acknowledge that. But I'm just saying that as far as a as a representation of cap is a representation of what we think of as a soldier. He is the stereotype soldier that we think of as from mm -hmm. that era. Okay. John Walker is the stereotypical soldier we think of as today. Captain America is Trying the propaganda do, soldier. Yes. Captain America is always going to be the propaganda. That's why I say you got to take cap out. It's Steve and John. The idealistic version that we think of stereotypically from World War II. And John is now, unfortunately, the stereotype we think of today, where we see the trauma that they go through when they come home. They don't get the help that they need. Yeah. And John is that. It's just, oh, just keep doing your job. Just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. It'll be fine. Represent us. And not helping him get the help that he needs. Sam is actually the variant on this. He was a soldier himself, but he actually did try to get the help that he needs. And his first effort uh, to fight, quote unquote, most of these people is to help them. Yeah, he right? wants he, to help. He rarely starts the fight. He's usually saying, I understand what you're going through. Let me help you. 
Yep, he tries to get because well, he, he he ran he ran the he ran the help group too. Exactly, exactly. He's the soldier that everyone should be at the end of the day, but isn't. Which is why he always gets passed on. And then when he gets Captain America, it makes the most sense for him to be Captain America because he's the closest that will fit Erskine's original thought. He just won't take the serum because he's like, I wouldn't take it. I don't want it. I shouldn't have it. I'm going to be me. Um, so speaking of the serum, all this goes on, the serum gets smashed and Zemo or Zemo smashed all of it except for one thing that John Walker is going to take. He is going to keep one particular vial of it um, to have the serum. Um, he's eventually going to take it. Um, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. It's eventually going to take it because Battlestar, who's out there, who's actually the better of the two of them, honestly, Battlestar probably should have been capped over but we learned that america will never let a black man be captain america um battlestar ends up getting killed um as just a casualty of war unfortunately and john you know it's taken the formula and just goes brutal on poor guy and the world being the world we are today everyone's got cameras out and films him smashing someone's head in with his shield Mm -hmm. and it's it's a scary scene to watch, but it is a telling scene and it's a perfect picture scene of like what's gone wrong. All the kind of, it's a social commentary. Like America's got blood on their hands um, now since he is wearing the flag, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, one tiny little thing I skipped over. I wanted to mention that um, we've, we've learned that the Dora Milaje have like a secret little button combination they can do in his arm to make his arm fall off. That's right. Um, just wanted to point that out. And the so Baron's we, gotten away, right? Yeah, Baron has gotten away um, through a hole in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to skip to the next episode, episode five. It's Truth. Um, this is where we kind of learn more of the... Well, sorry, it starts off with Cap on the run. Bucky and Sam stop Cap, stop Walker, uh, which is a really cool fight. Um, Walker's completely lost it. Um, but we do see how strong he is because he rips off Falcon's wings. Um, Bucky's rescuing him and i love that to get the shield off of him to get the shield back they have to rip like break his arm Mm -hmm. to get the shield back um and then this is where torres um is helping um sam and sam's like here keep the wings this is what i was telling you earlier eric um where he gets the gets the wings so now we go and we get um oh no it's the the we're, this is where Walker is starting to get court-martialed. This is where that speech is like, you create me, you do all this, and then this is what you're going to do to me. Like, you turn me into this, and now you're just going to take away all my benefits. I get no money. I get no benefits. I'm you're just going to get drop me like a bad habit. Um, this they is who want- Walker really is. He's a spoiled person who never encountered an adversarial situation he couldn't overcome. And the first time he hit a wall, he blames everybody else but himself. That is a reflection of the character inside of him that has now been manifested very clearly by the serum. It is, but it, it he has a point, though. He legit has a point. Our mil- our government does, create, does take these young people and trains them to be soldiers and doesn't take care of them the way they should it's do what we say they never and... have that's the thing though i know They've that's what i'm taking s- them care of them but they i'm soldiers and they literally think they can take care of themselves he's right am... to bring up the point but i'm saying he also shirks all responsibility for this entire time 
yes, he does shirk responsibility. But at the same time, like I said, he's pointing out they still did do this. They're, they hold responsibility too. They didn't kill the man. They didn't, they, you know, they didn't make I, no, John do he it. Killed, he killed the man. That was his choice. Yes. He, that's why I said, the serum. they, that's why I said to do that. You're right. He was trained to do that. But I, I'm, my problem with this entire argument is you cannot let the person who has their own agency off the hook. He was not operating as a member of a military unit. He was operating solo and rogue at that but, very moment. But the the Senate and them should have understood before they made him Captain America that no, he had idiots. problems. They're Again, idiots. yes. They, they This is the whole thing I said earlier. They misrepresent the idea of what Captain America was because they don't even understand their own damn history. These guys are morons. And that's where that's the little bit. I'm, I'm glad Sam lectures the hell out of them at the end, because they, guess what? Those all those people are a bunch of racist assholes. That's all they are at the end. You're right. They would have never made Hoskins. They would never have given it to him. They would have passed it to a white man because they want they want Captain America 2.0. They want some farm bred, farm boy, corn fed little guy. And they totally missed the point that Captain America was never those things. They literally have bought into their own propaganda. Yes. And that's that's always the problem. I'm just pointing out that he Walker does have a point when he throws it back in their face yes he crossed the line he's pointing out you took me to the line you made it where i didn't have a choice because you took me to it you trained me to go to that line that's the only that's all i was yeah, saying I with it yes he should have been he should have been fired have, i think i think they have lots of problems but i don't think his i think his whole message is a pass the buck in my opinion, I I have no sympathy for Walker. In fact, most of the time, I just look at him as like the equivalency of someone who failed upwards because everything about him was so perfect. And the first time he hit any kind of real adversary, the first time he got back knocked down, Captain America, Steve Rogers would have gotten back up and not quit. You know what Walker does? He, he laid on the ground and complained. That's what he did. Yes, he does lay on the ground and complain. Again, he should have been fired. He should have been having the shield taken away, which he did. He had it taken away. And you're right. He does fail upward. He fails upward to Val, who makes her first appearance. This would have been her second appearance, but it would have um, the first appearance was originally going to be Black Widow. But then because of COVID and things shuffling around, this becomes her first appearance. Mm-hmm. And she talks to Walker and um, she knows that he's one taken the serum. She also knows that he doesn't have the shield anymore. And this is where she points out that. Hey, the shield's not theirs. It's kind of a gray area. Yeah, it's not government, government doesn't own it. Yeah. Um, if anything, it's Wakandan property. The shield <laughs> has been a problem this entire series. It is literally the totem from which they seem to be fighting over, both mm-hmm. on the flag smashers and the government and Steve and Sam and whoever else wants to get involved. They all seem to fight over it like it's a totemic symbol. Oh yeah, it's all symbolism. Yeah, it's all symbolism. I mean, it's just ba- it's just a variation on the story of um, uh, the she like who's battle for the shield or whatever it was called um, between Falcon and um, Bucky. But this time they're bringing everyone into it. Um, so Val gives um, it's like tells him about the gray area, and she's like, "Hey, I'm gonna call. Or give me a call. Or I think she said, "I'll call you." 
she gives him the card, the blank card, which I would love to know why it's blank. We still don't 100% have that. And I'm hoping that gets resolved in Thunderbolts because I really want to know what's up with the blank card. Uh, we cut to the Sokovia Monument, which I'm really glad they do that. We learned that it was leveled, but we see Zemo was there. Um, I still think Sokovia is going to become Latveria at some point in time. It's still my theory. Um, but Bucky shows up and he is flat. I mean, he looks like he's going to kill Zemo. And then, you know, pulls the trigger, nothing, no bullets. Um, and he drops the bullets on the ground and the Dora show up and like, we're taking him now. Yeah. We're taking him to the raft. And it, and I love that. I love when Zemo goes, we're I, like, you, you're off my ledger. Like, I hold nothing against you, Bucky. Like, you and me, we're done. We're just people now. Mm. Um, and I like that because that to me sets up a return for Thunderbolts later on. Because I, I think Zemo is going to be in it. Because uh, it makes sense. Um, but Bucky is told not to come to Wakanda anytime soon. Um, so then Sam goes to see Isaiah again. Um, and this is where we learn, we like, we learn the true horrors of what happened to Isaiah. You know, they tested different serums on different people. Um, the government just tested on them. Um, some got it, some didn't. The ones who didn't, they died off. Um, Isaiah got arrested because he, he learned that the government was going to kill everyone who didn't um it didn't work out for and so he just went to save his friends um then they lock him up and study him for 30 years blood samples that's how they get the serum it's the tuskegee um, experiment in different form yeah Yeah. um and all of that's horrible and heartbreaking but then to me i think where it starts to get even worse is when he's like i had i had a woman and she wrote to me but i never got the letters and mm-hmm. they told her that I died. And then eventually someone felt sympathy for me and gives me the letter. And to me, that's like, that's when it gets even more heartbreaking. It's bad enough. Yeah. But then to see what they had to do on, on that end, it's just even worse. Um, and then we learned that they'll never let a black man be Captain America. Um, and then we cut back to Sam. He goes back home and he's working on getting the boat and stuff. And Wakanda, uh, Wakanda, uh, Bucky brings like the ginormous present that I don't understand how anyone can lift other than Bucky uh, with the suit. Cause that box is massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that Bucky hits on Sam's sister. That just cracks me up. Don't hit on my sister. You can spend the night, but don't hit on my, don't flirt with my sister. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we get the montage because you got to have a montage. Have you a montage. A montage of uh Sam learning how to use the shield, which I I thoroughly enjoy. Um, and we learned that Batrock's coming back, and that um the government wants to move all the people back to their countries of origin after the blip. Huh. So okay. it's just one of those uh interesting little bits. Uh, then we get to the last episode: one world, one people. Um. We see that Sharon, uh, Bucky's there at the, um, this event um, that's going down. Sharon is there in her disguise. She's come to America. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get, wh- what did you think of it? Cap's coming through the window, Eric. What did you oh, think of? Best best intro for for uh, the new Captain America, in my opinion, that this show could have at least delivered. It was such a good crash into the moment. It, his, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they'd been hinting at his costume was going to look good, but they never really showed it. And then... It's full kind of there. It's full action immediately. It was it was a good intro in my opinion. Yeah, it I, I love it. I love the music when the music kicks in. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. And then the fight with Batrock and Sam, like everything. It's so good. Um I like 
when it cuts to Sharon and like Sharon's talking with Carly and like we learned like or sorry no right before Sharon's talking to Carly when Sharon's in the garage and the guy it's like she throws like the mercury stuff and like melts the guy's face mm-hmm. and it's like damn like why Sharon you really are like this is when we really learned that Sharon's like power broker is no joke right like, she's bad um a U.S. agent shows up with his new shield and they start they all go after Sharon uh or sorry they all go after um Carly um this is when we truly learn that Sharon is actually like when she gets called the power broker. So you're the power broker. Uh, Batrock tells her as he walks in on her and um, Carly having a conversation. Oh, I want my, I want more money. I'm not giving mm-hmm. you more money. Bang. Um, Carly gets injured um, and dies in a lackluster fight. This is one of the like, things where they don't write Carly that well. No. Um, and this is to what you were saying at the beginning um, that the writing for the flag smashers isn't the best. You could take it out and episode five was the ending, right? I mean, episode five yeah. felt like an ending and then they're like, oh yeah, the flag smashers, we got to finish that up. Yeah, they're like, oh, what can we have them do? Oh, we'll mm-hmm. just do this. Um, and then, you know, at the end, we see um, Val there and what's taking him so long? Um, oh, we're sorry, right before I skipped the old start a little bit, sorry. Um, after Carly's died, when Sam walks out with her body, I mean, that's when we get the great, like, yeah. The, little, the little monologue that he gives to the world organization, government, whatever they're called, uh, about like, oh, you don't know, like, how would you, now you know how they feel. You're scared that they're going to take your stuff. Well, you're, look what you're doing to them. You're forcing them back to another country. Mm-hmm. Um, a great little poignant um, social commentary moment. Um, it's, it's a great scene. And then he's like, I got to go. I'm Captain America. <laughs> um, and she flies off. Um, uh, and then we get the the wall of uh, the bowel. Um, what's taking him so long? And Walker walks out wearing his new outfit. Oh, uh, you're the U.S. agent. You're the U.S. agent. Mm-hmm. Um, Bucky gets to wrap up his storyline and confesses to the guy. Um, Sam goes back to see Isaiah. Come on, I got, I'm going to show you something. Come with me. And you get the scene that just wants, makes you want to cry when they walk through the Smithsonian and you see uh, the Isaiah. Um, statue it's, it's also really very good a uh, set design for the uh <laughs> for the yeah. um for the smithsonian it looks like a smithsonian exhibit as yeah. someone who's who's gone to a few recently yeah you, you kind of live right next to him you should yeah, tell me go to the captain america one tell me how it is. <laughs> yeah i'll let you know uh and then we cut to see um the there tag black panther exhibition at the african-american museum in dc Ooh. well they're about to close because the shutdown but that's right they, cool. um they'll be closed tomorrow so you got today go today I got yeah, I got all Saturday. Yeah, you got all Saturday to go. There's a bad exhibit in Salem. I I want to go to. Um, then we get to our tag, and we Sharon gets pardoned, and then you know power brokers like woohoo! Mm-hmm. I got some more stuff to do. Um, and so yeah, that's it. Um, so um, any final thoughts, um, Eric? You want to have on either show? Um, I'll pull up your uh. No, I mean, I think WandaVision, one of the things that I loved about it so much was the homage to the TV show in general. Like, Um, not just all the TV TV shows specifically that it paid homage to, but the idea that, like, it was a TV show. Like, it felt like it, especially at the beginning, and then it started fraying the format in in kind of connection to the the show storyline as well. mm -hmm. And so to me, I think that that is probably my favorite of their shows so far. Yeah. I mean, I look forward to watching a lot of them again um, with some new perspectives, but WandaVision was just great. I gave it, I think five stars. Yep. Um, 
and I put it at number eight. Yep. Right nice. behind Iron Man, right ahead of Guardians. Nice. So it's in the top ten. Yeah. Nice. So you love this show. I really do. I really it's do. It's one of your favorites. Vision. It is. It is. All right. Um, what about um Falcon Winter Soldier? It's gotta be high up there too. I, I sense it. So it's at the top twenty-five. Um that's because it's twenty-four. Uh it's four and a half stars. Um it's good. It it like I said, the flag smashers really kind of ding it a lot. It, and it really does a good job of getting around that ding, which is why it only gets a half star ding from me. All right. So you you love that show. I like you it a lot. Love it. Oh, I like so. it a lot. I'm looking forward to seeing more of a uh, of Anthony Mackie as Captain America. Same here. I can't. I can't wait. I, I love I Anthony Mackie in general. He is. He is like. He is the modern day like '90s Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> so something I wanted. I, I realized when watching this rewatch because the, the new one it's Captain. It was originally Captain America: New World <laughs> Order, and then oh. when I watched this and I realized the first episode of the show was New World Order, I was like, uh huh. Well, that was an interesting choice that you would name yeah. the movie the same. And then, of course, they changed the name of it. Yeah, but, the same. Um, anyway, um, Johnny, any final thoughts on WandaVision or thoughts on Falcon and Winter Soldier? WandaVision's good. Falcon Soldier, Falcon Winter Soldier is better than I thought it was first time around. All right. All right. I can I can agree with that. Um, so what you got for um, WandaVision? What's your, uh, what's your stars? need to update your list because your list doesn't accurately reflect it right now. Um, I literally just clicked on it, so... Uh, yep, check again. Moving around. Alright, still... They got four uh, and a half stars, but I, that's because I ding them for being elongated TV shows, but I give WandaVision the superior number six and followed by Falcon Winter Soldier just after Captain America Winter Soldier. Nice, number so number eight. Seven, eight, yeah. Nice, nice. All right, let's see here. Let me go to to my list. Do do do. Um, updated. E- oh nope, here it is. Sorry. Um. All right. So for mine, I give WandaVision. If it'll pop up and tell me the stars, there it goes. Um, five stars. It's number twelve on my list. Um, it is behind Spider-Man: Homecoming and in front Ooh. of the Groot specials, but the movie that it would be directly in front of is um, Black. Panther. I really like WandaVision. Um, it makes me smile. It makes me happy. Um, and I really enjoy it. Um, and then Falcon Winter Soldier is four stars, and it is right behind Spider-Man, right in front of WandaVision. It's number 11. Um, I like Falcon better this time around than I did the first time. And I can forgive the Flag Smasher stuff. To me, what makes the show work so well is all the, the moments with Falcon and Bucky. And then, yeah, of course, it's the other great email. Thing. Like, it's it's so much fun and I caught so much more on it and I paid more attention to like the ramifications of the blip um, on it. And it just made me appreciate this one a little bit more. So um, that is that one. So real quick, ladies and gentlemen. So the next episode you listen to us, um, we will be discussing um, Loki season one. It's just six episodes and they're pretty short episodes and black widow. So um Stay tuned for that coming up uh coming up soon to a podcasting station near you available on the Disney Plus. Ooh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening once again, especially our fans in France. We see you, France. We see you. See you. Also, Kansas City, we see you as well. Um, 
So Kansas City, you can write in at notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com and let us know your questions, your concerns, your thoughts. Just tell us how you're doing. Tell us a good place to eat in Kansas City because I'm always looking for good places to eat. You can follow us on the Insta at not underscore funny underscore guys underscore presents. Twitter, not funny guys pod. Blue Sky, the not funny guys soon to be doing some extra life stuff for us so um, we have a team group on extra life so feel free to um, shoot us um shoot us a donation we're raising money for the kids you can find me um casey franklin on twitter at vash underscore maxwell letterbox at vash maxwell you can find me on blue sky at casey franklin eric can be found on the letterbox at as Eckley. He can be found on Insta at hot honey underscore comics. And both of us will also be doing some extra life stuff, raising money for the kitties. John, where can people find you? Instagram at esoteric underscore by underscore design. Blue sky arching with a PhD letterbox esoteric underscore Evans. And I'll be doing extra life too. Thanks. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I knew you were going to be doing. It. I was going to let you um, let you say it. I was just reading Eric's off because he doesn't actually do any of his uh, social media stuff. So since we're um, running it, um, sausage made um, behind the scenes, figured I'd just uh, you know, call off his. Um, so anyway, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you as always. And um, please remember, um, if it doesn't say not funny, guys. It's not us. And uh, have a good night. Hey. Say not funny, guys, again. No, can you say not funny, guys?